It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aotearoa, welcome to your Friday, 17th of March, 2023, and there's a spring in your step this morning, is there not? A beautiful autumn's day around the country, dawning, and woo, we have got plenty for you, including an outside broadcast, as they say in the business, Tony Kemp, How from good. Littleton for the inaugural New Zealand Sale GP event we've been talking about this for months we've been talking and following this team for years and we're here in Littleton on the eve the morning of the day before one of the going to be the coolest new events in New Zealand morning to you morning to everybody uh, around this region in particular in Christchurch how fired up Kempi? Oh I'll tell you what I said I said it as soon as I walked in here this morning it actually feels like drive to survive it is the F1 on water I've said that since the day I started watching it, I can't wait. And driving into Littleton this morning, I tell you what, if you're in Ototahi Christchurch and you haven't got your hands on tickets, we're going to give a couple away this morning, Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You'll get those tickets and you get yourself down here. It is going to be packed out. They have, like, flat-packed a city in here. It is unbelievable what they've done down here and if you get a chance to come down here and watch a sale GP you are not going to be disappointed it is the F1 on water you're it so, is that good you're so right if the if the urban polo was like go-karting this is like Formula One the setup is unbelievable stretching all the way down the harbour here unfortunately it's very windy and it's absolutely hosing down outside which means they're not going to be sailing in the practice sessions today but Rumour has it, sources close to the event say that's good for New Zealand because, um, well, we're already the best anyway, so we don't need that many practice sessions. We just get out there. And and speaking of those guys and gals that are so good in the New Zealand team, Kempi, towards the end of the show, we're going to catch up with... He is actually a great of New Zealand sport. His his rap sheet is as long as... um, Oh, I won't say that to poor Jake, who's taking <laughs> us. But um, our ra- his rap sheet goes very extensively into the finer details of New Zealand sport. Pete Burling. Yeah, and and Pete was good enough to join us last night at Ron and Gun for the, uh, I guess the um, inaugural, I guess kickoff of the GP sailing event here, uh, which me and you attended last night, Louis. Uh, mm. Look, there's such an excitement in town. When I when I got down here uh, yesterday afternoon, walking around the city. It was so good to see so many people out and about here in Ototahi Christchurch uh, and a lot of foreign languages being spoken because they're all here actually, you know, from all around the world, Singapore, Dubai, Saint-Tropez, 
Cardiz, Bermuda, San Francisco, Chicago, Plymouth, Copenhagen, all the places that they take the sale GP2, and, and the language is all around the city. So I'm actually looking forward to um, Pete Burling talking about what it actually means to bring this back uh, to Aotearoa, to New Zealand, to Littleton, to Littleton, our, our small little piece of paradise down here in New Zealand where they're racing these... Uh, you can't, I, I can't explain it, Louis. When you go to 100k on water with no brakes, <laughs> like, I mean, you've got no brakes. You can't actually stop these things on a spot, you know. So it's not F1. You, you, at least you've got a brake in an F1 car on these things. If you go to 100, 100k's towards another boat, there's no way in the world you're going to stop it. That's probably the excitement why people enjoy watching it. So does that happen this week? The Aussies are out in front. The French and the Kiwis are chasing them. Um, and the English, of course, not too far behind. Can the Kiwis get in that top three and fight it out in the final? Yeah, we will find out this weekend, and I just hope they defend home court. Anyone but the Australians this weekend. Like, no offence, slingers and the crew, but kind of a little bit of offence. Just just chill out. (laughs) Just calm down. Just give us us a little bit of something on home court. Right, let's do some um, bookkeeping before we crack on with our morning Kempi. We still have... Have you got your Adidas... ZG23 is here? No, I haven't, but uh, I'll tell you Smithy? who. I'll tell you. I, I was just going to say, I'll tell you who has got them is Smithy, along with his temper uh, bedpost pillows in bed that he sleeps on with his slippers. Um, so he's rolling in it at the moment. The ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas. You know, don't forget, we're still giving them away. Double eight, double three. So, where are you playing this weekend? What's your home track? Who are you playing with? As Kempi says, double eight, double three. Send us a text. We have another pair to give away. So, where are you playing this weekend? What's your handicap if you're willing to share that? And uh, who are you playing with? We've also as come on, you your burglars. <laughs> there are a few of them. We've also, as Kempi said, we've got another double pass to give away. So, yesterday it was, I think it was Dave O'Neill whose wife only watches. Formula One and America's Cup sailing. So he said that this is a great great chance because it's kind of a mix between the two to bring her. So who wants a, a double pass today? Tell us who you would be taking to the uh, Sail GP event tomorrow in Littleton. Yes, tomorrow you get two grandstand seats. And then Kempe, on Monday, your South Island tour continues. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, we're heading down to Dunedin. Obviously, we've got the Sail GP today and tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the next couple of days here in Ōtutahi, and then me and Izzy, we're cruising down with Jake, our uh, our mate here down in Christchurch, is our producer to Dunedin, and we're up with uh, the Chemist Warehouse down there in Meridian Mall. So if you're around down in Dunedin, come and say hello to me and Izzy. Uh, we'll be uh, broadcasting out there 6 to 9 in Meridian Mall, right in the centre of town there. It's a beautiful town, Dunedin. Um, I've spent plenty of years down there, obviously, as we've spoken about with my son mm. while he was getting his law degree. I can't wait to get down there. Unfortunately, I can't get to the game on Sunday night because it's play, been played the Highlanders, who my who are my second team. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Marky, my second team. Uh, the Highlanders, <laughs> they're playing in Invercargill. <laughs> but, um, oh, look, I'm looking forward to it, Louis. We've got plenty on over the next three days. Of course, we've got the Warriors tomorrow night. Me and Sammy Hewitt calling that uh, up in Townsville. The Cowboys can the Gee, Warriors pick a up a jet win. You're a jet-setter, aren't you? Oh, no, mate. I'm flying around. I'm, you know, <laughs> private jet. Jake's driving it. You driving that plane? <laughs> yeah. Or you're flying it? I'm flying that plane. <laughs> Here, there, and everywhere. Mark's already texted. Is he? Are you shocked? 
<laughs> Good morning, boys. Just wanted to say thanks for the golf shoes. I guess it does go to show that persistence does pay off. Looking forward to seeing my scores getting lower. Cheers, Mark. Well, Mark, and he's put in brackets 12. Yes, we know your size 12, Mark. We ran out of 12s, Mark. We've seen your pair of 9s. But, Mark, if you ever, if you ever disrespect Quizzy Dag like that ever again, <laughs> one of the funniest moments involving Scott Dixon and uh, Pete Burling. I wonder if Scott Dixon and Pete Burling have ever met. I'll tell you what, I woke up this morning and played that again the, the, on Twitter. Mark, so just so that you know, you're, tw- you're tweet famous. Because um, we put that on our socials on Twitter. Go to Izzy and keep me the podcast on SEN. Um, I never laughed so hard this morning. I had to listen to it again because it was a great day. You said I had so many people come up, Louis, last night saying that was one of the funniest shows they heard yesterday. Oh, and all go. thanks to Size 12 Mark. Yeah, you did play your part, Mark. You definitely did. Right. What else do we have coming up this morning, Kimby? Well, we're going to we're going to come out at 7 o'clock. We're going to do things a little bit back to front today. We're going to do the Friday tipple straight out at 7 o'clock because we've got a big show. And uh, yesterday afternoon, I ran into the strongest man in New Zealand, Hex Kingy, out of Pukekohe. He's down here. He won the North Island Championship last week. And this week, he's come down to South Island to try and take out the South Island strongest man. So we'll catch up with Hex to talk everything Strong man, and then out of eight o'clock, it's all GP sailing. We're going to catch up with Mr. Budge, who's uh, actually put this all together, Carl. And, and by looking at it, Louis, it's uh, it is a massive setup. He's done such a fantastic job, and of course, they Pete, actually they tell me he actually built this building as well. They actually tell me he got I, he got put on the high vis. Wasn't he a security when we walked in? He's, like he's security hardest well. working man in events. They they reckon he doesn't sleep. I'm I'm just going to make sure I stay away from him because he might be Dracula in disguise. Um, the bloke never sleeps. And of course, Pete Burling. I can't wait for that conversation because I want to ask Pete the question about like how serious does this weekend become mm. when the Aussies who are out front and they've got to finish in the top three can actually sail you out of the top three and whether that's a threat or not. So Pete Beeling's coming up at 8.43. We've got our normal catch-ups, obviously, with Paul Mawadi and, of course, Smithy and Louie. You picked a double yesterday. I got a text yesterday afternoon from a couple of the punters who said Louie's on fire. I've multied it all up. I've made some money. And uh, we're obviously talking racing this weekend. I spoke to Al Sherrick yesterday. We've got a couple of tips to go to get out at Love Racing as well. So big day. Tony Pike has got chances galore across the weekend. The former president, Pikey, he's going to join us and um, tip us a couple of winners. That's what's going on. We've had a couple of early texts, including from Tom, playing the North Canterbury Rugby Golf Ambrose this afternoon at Pegasus. A couple of tins and some average golf. Can't wait. Well, Tom, as long as you don't drive the ball at Sir Richard Hadley, waiting at another tee box like Izzy did um, a few years back at Pegasus, you just leave Sir Richard alone. And Where you... is Izzy? It's a great question. He's in Gisborne. Seriously. He's in Gisborne. But it is a great He's in Gizzy. Oh, he should okay. be here. He's come down in his hometown. He's not here. I know. He is the best. What does that tell you? Wake up, Izzy. Come on. He'll be listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Kempi, your second team last night. Unbelievable. Manly. Well, I'm sitting there last night having a look at the game. It was, again, another. It's Well, it's the... F- First of all, it's the first big score of the competition. Got 64 points scored in the game. Manly looked like they were going to get run down by the, by the Eels. And the Eels have looked like they're just about there in the last couple of weeks. Um, who would have picked them to be sitting 16th? Seriously. 
Last year's grand finalists can't can't pick their nose at the moment, can't get a win. And uh, Manly with Tom Trebojevic and their side, and of course Anthony Seabold, who's just come back out of English rugby, of all the places, wilderness. to come back and coach Manly, is sitting top of the table. Like, I knew Manly, I had them when we were picking the sides to finish in the eight, and I had them at probably seven, eight, nine. No way in the world I saw three wins in a row. What about the Anthony Seabold resurrection? Now, this is an interesting career, right? Considered a bit of a genius at the Rabbits. Headed up across the border to the Broncos, and it just went pear-shaped, didn't it? It exploded. There was so much wrong with that club at that time. And then he's gone to Siberia, and now he's come back. But he was rated so highly, Kempe, that you kind of never thought that the Brisbane version of him was the real him. Yeah, and Louis, you know, like the the point being too, when he took over Brisbane, you're following Wayne Bennett, and it's a really scary. I guess it's you know when you when you're following someone with so much experience, it's been there and won eight premierships and seven or eight premierships, and you know um, you're meant to go and emulate that. It's a really hard job to do, and he couldn't do it. The same thing could be said about Des Hasler. So going in behind Des Hasler, and having the success so early on, is a real shock to me. You know, Desi Hasler. Josh used to come back his first game of the season last night. Doesn't look out of place at 5'8". I thought he was probably the end of the big 5'8s, you know, because you've got to run so much in that that spine position. But he looks so good. And, of course, their spine looks so good because he's so big and mobile. You know, you add Tom Trebojevic there. It's actually a dream come true for Anthony Seabold. He's picked up arguably the two best players in the competition. What a a plum job. And I've always said this. With the NRL... And unfortunately, I didn't have it. You, if you get that type of luck, you roll with it. Anthony Seabold, by the looks of it, is rolling into the finals already. And and you got to say he had to. He we did his time where he didn't have the luck, and he and he had that very bizarre stint up in Queensland. Well, he went to Newcastle. You know, he, he was waiting his time, and and he ends up picking up. Look, that's what I mean. Like, I never saw Des Hasler get the sack. It was weird. It was it was really weird. But then he ends up at Manly. You 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 have to take your head off to Manly, saying, actually, we need to go to another level. How do we do that? Let's bring Anthony Seabold in. And on all accounts, what it looks like was it was a masterstroke. And we'll see how they progress. Uh, they were heavily touted, heavily tipped before the year, and right now they are delivering. Meanwhile, the Eels zero and three tomorrow. Well, this is a massive game for the Warriors because they start their season with a big stretch of uh, what would you would consider top eight-like sides. North Queensland, is a, it's a winnable game for them. It's going to be tight. It's going to be hot. They'll be leaning on their fitness. You were telling us before the year, Kempe, they looked lean, they looked fit. Well, they do. You don't see um, Fanua, Fanua Blake supporting through the middle of the park like he did last week. Like, he doesn't get to that pass. You know, so Louis, I think I think Andrew Webster's got them fit. The 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 secret with the Warriors is their um, overseas players that have come in this year. I think there was a bit of a tell, a poker tell last week when um, Jackson Ford, Nakore, and uh, Nicol Crockstead went off. You had three of your signings go off, and the and the side looked and resembled a lot of last year. You can't be losing those overseas players. So moving Mitch Barnett to the edge is a bit of a worry for me because he's tidied up. So much people see when people watch football, they don't actually see what Mitch Barnett does. He's been tidying up a hell of a lot of uh, half breaks in through the middle of the park. Who's going to do that for the weekend? There's some really worrying signs about tomorrow night. Um, 
but they're fit enough. Yeah. They're fit enough to hang in there. But you, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with a mate. We're talking about Warriors. You know, we obviously talk about Warriors all the time. And um, he was saying, "What do you think?" And I'm saying, "Well, you don't want to start. You know, we knew that the first six rounds were going to be tough. You don't want to go four and two. You've got to get a win. And Andrew Webster needs that win." in between these next three games because he doesn't want to go win Newcastle, win Newcastle round six because people are going to say, well, Newcastle are done anyway. You know, you've got to beat those teams that are in the middle. So you've got Penrith coming up um, after the Cowboys. It's a pretty hard couple of weeks in a row. And if they get this win, I've got a couple of big kids coming in. uh, Tane Tuapiki's in there at fullback. You know, there's no Peter Hiku, no drink water for Cowboys. It's pretty similar as far as the changes go. It's a tough one. It's a real tough one for the Warriors. And for Andrew Webster's sake, I really hope they get a win. They need it. You're right. Because the schedule doesn't get much easier from here over the next uh, month and a half. Yeah, the Schusters, Mark. How good are they going to be? Very, very, very good. But it is 20 minutes past 6 o'clock, and I have got a absolute burning question to ask you, Kimby. Can't, Can't wait, wait question, question of the day. day. Oh. It is not only the dawn of the eve of the great... New Zealand inaugural sale GP event, but it is also St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Um, How good, and being in Christchurch. Hopefully, you've poured your Guinness over your cereal this well, morning. Well, yeah, I'm actually having a little break from the amber liquid, but today... Well, good thing Guinness is stout. <laughs> it's exactly... Louis, I'm putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Don't worry, Kimby, <laughs> we can talk ourselves into anything. Can't wait question of the day. It's St. Patrick's Day. We absolutely love our Irish cousins. We love our Irish cousins. Who's your favourite Irish athlete of all time? There have been so many impactful ones throughout the years that have dominated different sports. There's no Irish sale GP team. Um, Not yet. But there was, remember, some strange chat that the America's Cup was going to be hosted in Cork of all places. That didn't happen. Who's your favourite Irish athlete of all time? Double eight, double three. But if you can do it, pick up that phone and give us a call. 0800 150 the Kennard Sire phone line. Light us up like a Christmas tree to start our Friday morning, 17th of March. We're here in Littleton for the New Zealand Sale GP event, and we are going to keep building the hype throughout the morning. We'll talk to you on the other side. We're here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 26 minutes past 6 o'clock there. Just giving Robbie a half a second in case he wanted to play some sort of famous Irish tune. Um, Irish bands, Pogues? U2. U2? 100%. Best best Irish band in the world. Pogues, yeah, I love the Pogues. Yeah. I'll tell you what, one of the best concerts I've ever seen was Amy Winehouse and, and uh, her, her trip to Ireland. And uh, she left half her band behind. They did an acoustic set in a church. Wow. Yeah. If you get a chance to see that on YouTube, watch it and put it on your big TV, turn your speakers up and watch it. It is sensational just with an acoustic guitar and her singing. I don't know how Amy was um, on the Gaelic football field, but there's been some hell of Irish athletes throughout the years, Kempe. Actually, they've got... Their history with Sport Ireland is fascinating. Very, very interesting. Hurling and... Um, yeah, no, they, they, they are so much like Kiwis. It's unbelievable, the Irish people. Um, like, I love them. Absolutely love the Irish. And Rob Dog is coming. There you go, with a bit of a tune. Only a minute and a half late. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh, you know, U2, bizarrely, is very polarising. And I think it's got something to do with when they downloaded that album on everybody's iPhones a few years ago. Do you remember <laughs> it that? It still comes up on mine. Me too. Like, if you, you, you're playing, you just push play sometimes on your iPhone, and U2 
bounces in. I don't know why the greatest hack of the 2000s was U2 and <laughs> iPhone Apple Music. Anyway, greatest Irish athletes of all time, Kempi. You would have played against a few, I'm sure, oh, back in the day. Well, Louis, true story. <laughs> true story. Okay. I, could have, I could have played for Ireland. So in 2000, when I retired, um, my grandfather on my mother's side, on my father's side, is Irish. And the Ireland team contacted me. They knew that I had Whakapapa into Ireland, whether or not I'd play for Ireland, along with Kevin Campion in the Irish team in the 2000 World Cup. And I ter- I was absolutely, by that stage, I was knackered. Like, my knee wouldn't have lasted a World Cup. And I said, I'm real sorry, but I can't play. Oh, my. Um, so I've got an affinity to the Irish. Um, like, Conor McGregor, obviously, is the one that comes to mind uh, straight off. I think, you know... Um, Johnny Sexton with the Irish team at the moment is an absolute legend. He's going to go down as a great. Well, he will do if they win the World Cup. Oh, yeah, true. But I, I can't go on. I've mentioned his name already. The bloke that comes to mind. Because every time we used, I remember we won. So we won the game. If you go back to 2001, we won the game in Melbourne underneath the Allard Stadium roof against Melbourne to make the eight in our first year coaching me and Ando. And Campo jumped on the bus the following morning and sang, Ireland, Ireland, together standing tall. Because he just played for Ireland that year at the World Cup. How Irish is, was Campo? Is Campo? As Irish as they come. Really? As Irish as they come. And uh, my favourite Irish athlete is Kevin Campion by, by a country mile. The guy I spoke... I've been, it's funny that it actually falls on our lips today because I've been talking about Campo all week. Yeah. Like Mitch Barnett reminds me of him. Yeah. People were asking me what camp I was like. A guy last night said, who's that number 13 that played for the for the Warriors? I said, Kevin Campion. The Uber driver, when I drove out the taxi, taxi yesterday, said, who was that guy that played for the Warriors? And I said, Kevin Camp. It's just been on my lips all week. So it's uh, fitting that you ask who the best Irish athlete is. I know that he's got an Australian accent, but he's as Irish as they come and as tough as nails. And I'm sure he'd knock Conor McGregor out. Kevin Campion. <laughs> he probably would because he's about <laughs> twice his size. Uh, Eddie Irvine says an unnamed text to here. The madman Conor McGregor says, Chris, yes, Conor McGregor will be right there. How Irish – here's a question for you. Oh, I think Shane Lowry is a great bit, a great suggestion. How Irish is Rory McIlroy these days? Because his accent is almost as American as it is mm. Irish. Rory, he's very polished. Uh, who's going to say George Best? Double eight, double three. Great Irish athletes throughout the years, and clearly there's one we've left on the table from a uh, rugby sense who had a very harsh time when he toured here with the Lions in 2005. Who is it? Come on, name him. Double eight, double three, the Temper Bear Post text machine. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Uh, we'll get some headlines with Joseph on the other side, and we'll talk, well, we'll play our quiz before the end of the hour, and we'll talk some racing. Back in a sec. I want bourbon. I don't know when I've been drinking bourbon whiskey, scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man. I'm gonna get loose. 27 away from seven. Let's open it back up to your favourite Irish artists of all time, sporting or otherwise. Come through, double eight, double three. We'll get back to some of your texts in just a second. Right now, here are the headlines with Joe. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Words. Trades, tradies and builders were speaking to you. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Joseph. 
Gianni Infantino will serve another four years as FIFA president after being unopposed during elections at the FIFA Congress in Rwanda. That's oh, got to be an investigation. <laughs> While there, he also... Without being opposed, that really... <laughs> yeah, it's a bit suspicious, isn't it? <laughs> but, but also... There's well, got to be an investigation into this... <laughs> Thank you, Toofs. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. While there, he also addressed the issue around Visit Saudi, potentially sponsoring the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand later this year. Of course, there were um, discussions with, uh, with Visit Saudi and so on. At the end, uh, this discussion didn't lead into a contract. But having said that, let me say one more thing. Australia has trade with uh, Saudi Arabia of, I don't know, one and a half billion a year. This doesn't seem to be a problem or an issue. There is something I don't understand. There is a double standard here, which I really don't understand. Is he, Joseph, is he a politician or does he run a sport? He loves with a fight, doesn't he? That was pretty That was pretty impressive, the way he just flipped that back on them, the hypocrisy of it. I like how he said contract. How many of those do you think he's got? Well, what, official? Official contracts. <laughs> it's like, honestly... The best they are, FIFA. Absolutely. <laughs> They're undefeated, Joe. And uh, w- one more headline for you, boys. Uh, it's crunch time in the Pakistan Super League as Jimmy Nisham's side has literally just beaten Colin Munro's Islamabad United in the first eliminator this morning, winning by two wickets. Those are your headlines. Trades and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. I forget that you are our official Pakistan Super League correspondent, Joe. It's very impressive <laughs> that you managed to keep up with that, with all the dating that you do. Uh, let's go back to the text machine. Double eight, double three. Kimby, Keith Wood getting a couple of nominations. Oh, of course. Mate, how tough was Keith Wood? Well, I'm not sure because I would never have ever wanted to would go you near have him. Actually, would you have actually packed down with Keith Wood? No. Like, I'm, I'm, like seriously, I'm, I'm not that tough. Like, I've never <laughs> put my head in a front row like that. Yeah, right. Oh. One of the worst things I hated about playing rugby at being a halfback was being pulled into those rucks. I'd have hated to have been pulled into a ruck with Keith Wood. You would love the current uh, setup where the halfback doesn't get touched at the back of the scrum. <laughs> oh, absolutely perfect. I should have bought that in 30 years ago. Actually, this is completely off topic, but it just reminded me. I caught up with a couple of my mates that had played their first preseason club rugby game last oh, weekend. And the tackle height stuff, man, they found it interesting. They had a referee that was being real lenient and was trying to help them through it. But the biggest bit of feedback, and we can talk about this next week because club rugby starting very, very shortly and we're about to go through it. The biggest bit of feedback was you don't know where you are tackling someone. You can't actually – you kind of forget. When you make a tackle, you don't watch with your eyes. It's no. all feel. And quite often you don't know whether your shoulders got up around their shoulders. So it's more of a grab. Yeah, and okay. so the, the big issue is now there are guys holding each other up so then somebody can come and smack them low. Well, that's well. When you've been so, you're talking about senior rugby players who have been taught all their life that's to tackle, right. to be given a tackle a tackle technique in collision that they have to change overnight. I I, I absolutely get it. Guys would go into, well, I'm going to tackle you. You run at me, no matter what. You're not going past it's me. Muscle memory. You're not going to think about. Oh, I need to tackle you below the the nipple line. I'm just going to tackle you. Yeah. So. I feel sorry for the referees. It's going to be really tough. Next week, this is completely off topic, so next week we're going to dig into it deep, Kempe. Uh Keith Wood, my all-time favourite Irish athlete. Come across a good bugger, played hard, and had a heap of respect for the fellow players. Paul and Harwood are good on you, Paul. Great text. Um, how about this one from Joe? Best Irish athletes, Jamison Gibson Park from County Gizzy and James <laughs> Lowe from County Hawke's Bay. What about Dougie Hallett? <laughs> Yeah, wow. He had a big night out in Munster, didn't he? 
Um, but truthfully, the world great, the world's greatest jumps jockey. True, true. Remember that hucker? That's right. Four monster. Oh, that's one of the most spine tingly things I've ever seen. Love it. Uh, the world's greatest jumps jockey ever, AP McCoy, winning more than thirty five hundred races. Well, it was the Cheltenham I've got a story Festival about that this weekend. Jumps racing. AP McCoy met him. Really? The, I met him. Yep. So uh, Brett Scott. Yes. You know who Brett Scott is? Scotty. Scotty, Scotty used to ride for Alan Sherrick, came over and rode for the McCoys and obviously went down and, and did some apprentice, apprentice time with Tony McCoy. And um, funny story, I, I used to have this car parked up in England that had needed to be push started, but it was for all the boys that came in from New Zealand. So Scotty came over, I said, come up, I've got a car up here. I remember pushing him down in the snow, jumping it, couldn't start it. I said, I'll just push you, it starts. And off he went to Tony McCoy's. So I ended up catching up with them and met them, and he gave me a winner. And I told the whole, uh, over there it's a bookies, not a TAB, yeah, so I'm in the yeah, yeah. bookies. I used to hang out, and I said, oh, got a mate down there. His name's Brett Scott's coming from New Zealand. He's riding with Tony McCoy. Tony McCoy's told him this thing wins. It's first starter, um, <laughs> flat flat uh, race runner, galloper. It's first jumps. And Scotty said it wins. It paid like nine pounds. And I've told the, mate, the whole sh- whole bookie's going off. This thing's jumped and it's winning by eight lengths. One fence to go. <laughs> One fence to go. It's winning by eight lengths. Jumps the last fence. The front leg split. As you know, the jump hits the hits the turf, the, the wet and the front leg split and the jockey falls over the neck and hangs on to the neck and the whole bookie's just can't get back on. So he hasn't hit the ground because you can get back on and say... He's trying his hardest to get on back on the horse. It's won the race. Just had to jump the last fence and win. And as he gets back on the horse, the horse that jumps the next fence behind it taps it on the bum, knocks him off, mate. Oh. And, the, and the whole book is just, you could hear the sigh like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> is, was it wasn't AP McCoy riding, was it? was AP McCoy. Oh, that is unbelievable. Yeah. He is totally. He's a legend. I think he's a sir now up in, oh, up in the UK. Wouldn't, sir wouldn't, Tony McCoy. Wouldn't be shocked. Uh, Brett, I thought Loch Ness Monster, I thought Nessie was Scottish, Brett. Uh, Israel having more days off. Maybe we should call him Nessie like the Loch Ness Monster. You know he's there. <laughs> we just never see him. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> the Loch Ness Monster is Scottish. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I wrote all those names down yesterday. Brett, I like... The one, I did like one. Um, I still like Dagger. I think that's a really good one for him. Uh, I'd like, uh, I did think about Hoha, but, you know, that's not bad. Nessie's not bad. Nessie's not bad. Nessie's, Nessie is not bad. Hey, Kempe Duggan ruined never played for Ireland. But yes, we know that, Joe, but that's still great Irish people. Hey, uh, 20, 19 away from seven. It's a massive weekend. Of sport, we're here in Littleton, building up to the inaugural Sale GP event in New Zealand. Uh, there's a great little vibe about the place at the moment. The locals here in Littleton are fired up for a massive weekend. The weather's not flashed at the moment. We'll show you some pictures when we get first light in just a wee bit. So make sure you follow our socials. We'll get to your uh, text messages on Ireland in just a bit. But we've got a $50 TAB bonus bet to give away. All you have to do is ring in, take on the quizmaster, which is Tony Kemp, and don't say Scott Dixon when the answer is Pete Burling. <laughs> okay? That's all you have to do. 0800 150 811. Come on, Marky. Quizzy Dad, coming right up. 
It's Quizzy Tag or S-E-N-Z Word. It's Quizzy Tag or S-E-N-Z Word. It's Quizzy Tag on S-E-N-Z Word. It's Quizzy Tag, 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 Tag. Oh, you thought you did a Z and can't be. But the questions stress you out, yay. The quiz master is getting busy. But Uncle's Clues would give you gout. Think you can beat them, try your luck. Losing, they're gonna call you chump. TAB bonus bets, they're on us. TAB, 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 Quizzy Dag and TAB bonus bets. Don't ask Google all your slay, yay. It's Quizzy Dag. It's It's Quizzy How good is that? Every Friday, you get the listener, Aroha, bounce that tune out. It is so good. I'm not going to give you any gout today. I think Izzy's got gout today. That's why he's not here. Anyway, we're going to go to the lines. And first up, we've got my good mate, who I met this year. Actually, Louie, at your going away party, Pistol Pete came down and said hello. How you going, Pistol? How's things? Good, thanks, lads. How you going? That's a good. You're not, you're not at McDonald's driving, are you? Nah, not today. <laughs> Healthy you, wait, I, today. Hey, P- you, Pistol, I, how much um, how much chatter about SailGP around the workplace this week? Um, well, I've been too busy on the road, mate, but the boss would be frothing, I'd say. Yeah, it is, it, is it, it's a bit, bit of a kind of like a, a boss sort of thing, isn't it? You know, like a, you know, there's a sort of type yeah. of person that's right into it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, white guy bosses, I think. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Pistol. Yeah, I, I've had a look at the uh, the Quizzy Dag uh, quiz, and it's pretty easy today. So let's see if we can get your right, pay, Doug Bracewell yeah, is yeah. set for a potential test comeback today. That would be his first test since what year? Oh, jeez. <laughs> 2003. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Jump, jump back in the McDonald's queue, Pete. See you later. John. <laughs> John. John from Christchurch. Here we go. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, eh? Yeah, yeah not too all bad. good. Not too bad. Are you coming, are you coming to the GP uh, racing tomorrow, John? Well, no, I'm not. I'm actually not going over to Kitty. We're actually going to watch it on a, at a friend's place, mate, over on a farm that overlooks it. So, um, yeah, it's oh. a fantastic game, mate. We're there for the weekend. So. Well, point yeah, me in that direction. Yeah. I might actually wander up there. Which way do I go? Mountain go. All right. Okay, let's crack on. Let's crack on. <laughs> hey, here we go. Doug Bracewell set for a potential test comeback today. That would be his first test match since when? What year? Maybe. I think I heard yesterday, 2016, maybe. Pay it. There you go. Pay it. Name either of the teams that Manchester United or Arsenal take on in the Europa League this morning. It's Manchester real. Manchester United or uh, it's real. Real Madrid. Uh. It's, it's real. Sorry, John. See you later. Going to Marky from Tauranga. Hey, Mark, how you going? Morning, boys. Bloody good. Bloody good. Hey, I've got a, I've got a name for, day, uh, for Daggy. Maybe Daisy. Some days he's there and some days he's not. Ah, very good. Daisy. <laughs> we'll take that one, Daisy. <laughs> he will never forgive me if I start calling him that. Anyway, name either, either of the teams that Man U or Arsenal will take on in the Europa League this morning. Uh, Rio. Betis, Betis. <laughs> Betis, sure. 
We'll pay that. We'll pay that. Who scored the most points for Manly in their win over the Eels last night? And I've got him as my top try scorer this year. I'm going to Tommy Javonich. Fair guess. Sorry, Marky. Close. We're going to Luke and Dunedin. Lukey, who scored the most points for Manly in their win over the Leals last night? Ruben Garrett. And he'll end up top try scorer. Get on now. Get him at nine bucks. At which Olympic Games did Sale GP New Zealand's Pete Burling and Blair Took win their first medal? Oh, 2008. Ooh. Sorry, Lukey. All the best of the Highlanders this week. Going to Damon and Palmy. Damon, how are you, mate? Not 2008, but just to, you know. Just work it out from there. At which Olympic Games did the Sail GP New Zealand's Pete Burling Blair Tuki win their first medal? Um, four year cycles, Damon. Uh, four year, four year cycles. <laughs> 2012. Oh, he's a there genius. you go, you're a genius. Who is New Zealand's most successful ever IndyCar driver? Come on. Come on. Come on, Damon. You're from P Naughty. You love your motorsport. Scott Dixon. <laughs> I, I would never forgiven you if you'd said Pete Burling. I would have given you the correct. It could have been Scott Dixon or Pete Burling. It would have, we would have given you either way. Well done, Damon. You picked up the $50 TAB bet. Um, thanks to the TAB. Who you got? Who you got this weekend? What are you going to put it on? Um, I'm liking a bit of alligator blood, which I might multi oh. into something else. You got, a t- got another tip for me, Lance? I We do. Listen to Tony Pike at about quarter to eight. So circle back in an hour's time, Damon, and we'll give you something to, to multi that with. But I like alligator blood. I reckon he's going to love it up front at Mooney Valley. Maybe ping off the bend. He'll be hard to pull back. Seven away from seven. Loveracing.nz. A wee bit later in the show, we're going to get to the rest of these text messages after this. And we're coming up to 7 o'clock. After 7, we're going to do things a bit differently this morning, Kempi, on a Friday. The Friday tipple. But before we get there, happy St. Patrick's Day I know you've uh, got a great affinity for Ireland. Mm. Asking for some of the greatest Irish athletes of all time. There's a good text there, Kimpy. Yep. George Best, Roy Keane, both famous, are both on and off the field for their antics. Sissy Dag or Al Dago, both roll off the tongue. That's from Mark C from Pukekoi. And, uh, yep, I actually quite like Daisy. I like what Mark just came up with. I, I'm not going to say it. Who's going to tell... Oh, I won't be doing that. Who's going to tell Dagger that? Ronan Keating, the great Irish singer. Oh. What, what boy band's he from? Uh, Boyzone. I'm pretty sure. Could be wrong. Could be right. He's definitely not like... Um... Hey, Noel Horan's Irish, isn't he? From One Direction. Yeah. Jake just sh- just nodding vigorously. Are you Irish, Jake? He's our One Direction correspondent, Jake. Yes, certainly. You're a bit young for One Direction. You're like probably it. more of a Harry Styles solo artist. Uh, the Furies and Davey Arthur <laughs> saw the concert in 89. Full six minutes of Greenfields of France. Richard. Oh, Richard. I love that. And if Kevy said he didn't do it, he didn't do it. Brian O'Driscoll. Remember when Kevin the Alarm and Tanarumanga absolutely nailed him. Wow. Absolutely. There was no... Uh, Good play too, Brian O'Driscoll. What a player. Just wish he didn't wear those gloves. They kind of always annoyed me. Up after seven, we're going to do the Friday tipple. Then we're going to talk strongman challenges because that's going on at Christchurch this weekend as well. But here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. 
Hey, good morning to you. Welcome to SCNZ and welcome to your Friday. Actually, forget that. Welcome to St. Patrick's Day. On the eve of Sale GP's inaugural event here in Aotearoa, Kempi and Louie, we are live from Littleton, the Sale GP media event. We've just got first light and it might be a bit stormy outside, but it's a beautiful setting with all the, the harbour lights and the port lights from Littleton lighting up the other side of this beautiful town down here in Ototahi Christchurch. Good morning to you uh, around the country. Just a quick little bit of housekeeping before we crack on with our, our Kempi. We're still giving away the ZG23 Adidas golf shoes. Lightweight, zero compromise. Where is your home track? Where are you playing this weekend and who are you playing with? Let us know and we'll hook you golfers up. We've also, importantly, got another double pass to the GP Grandstand uh, tomorrow to give away. This is a double pass. If you're listening on 1260am around Christchurch, where you can get here for tomorrow, text us now on 8833 with your name and who you want to take to the Formula One on water. Kempi and Izzy, they're off to Dunedin to do the show from the Chemist Warehouse on their first store in Otago, which is a very special morning for Chemist Warehouse on Monday morning. But it's a happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Kempi. It is a lovely day in Otatahi to enjoy St. Patrick's Day, and we actually want to talk to one of the favorite, our favourite listeners, Irish John from Taranaki. Good morning. Hone, how are you down there in Taranaki, boy? All good? All good, brothers. Good morning to you. All good. How, how do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> oh, um, that, no, that's tomorrow. That's how you answer tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, next week. <laughs> yeah. So you thinking a few? You thinking a few Guinnesses today? Oh, maybe, maybe one or ten, maybe, maybe. One on the uh, start with some of the cereal, John. You might have already had a crack. Hey, John, if you if some if somebody um, says to you in a in a pub. Who's the who's the guy? Who's the Sir Edmund Hillary on the top of Everest when it comes to Irish sport? Who do you say? Oh, I say Sean Kelly maybe for me. Sean Kelly. He was uh, in the Tour de France um, year a couple of years ago, way back. Um, yeah, he. And it was it was crazy. It was it was more like before all oh, the showbiz, you know, the big big stars. Um, yeah, he would have been. He came from a rural area and. Um, it was crazy. They used to go down the down, so they do all the hard work up the hill. But as you know, coming down, they used to put they put newspaper underneath their jersey like a, as a windbreaker. <laughs> and they'd fold up these newspapers, um, and they'd open up because they know what's coming. They'd be they'd be nearly overtaking the motorbikes with the camera, and as a, so, if you come off the cliff, it's good night, Irene. But yeah, he was they're just crazy, and oh. he's a legend over in France. He he's a god over in France, Sean Kelly, that guy. Yeah. Sean um, Kelly, yeah. love it. John James Sean Kelly, um, there you go, 66, Waterford, Ireland. Oh, I love it, Irish John. I knew you'd come through with something good. Hey, um, all the best for the, the Grand Slam. Ireland will be pretty hard to beat this World Cup, mate, so we'll um, keep listening. We've got something on the Irish rugby a little bit later on, Irish John. Ben's keen to go to the Sale GP, wants to take his son Elijah. Good on you, Ben, for getting in touch. Ryan Turner wants to take the wife. Fair enough, Ryan. Keep your messages coming through. Double eight, double three. Who wants to go to Sale GP? Um, Kempi, it's going to be a, a hell of a day tomorrow. Get yourself. Oh, look, it's sold out. So you, re- if you want to get here, you, the only way you're going to get here is by sending us in a text message. Double eight, double three. Uh, our temper bed bed post text machine, and we'll choose 
one winner today. He'll get a double pass, Louie. Uh, look, the sun's coming up here, and I've got to say, it's starting to look absolutely delicious out here. Um, I know we've had a little bit of rain. I think the wind's actually dropping. It is. It's not. It's not cold either. No, it's not. It's and not. and the pl- where we're sitting, honestly, I do feel like I'm in drive to survive. I actually feel like I'm in the program. TVs everywhere, cameras. <laughs> we've got the whole thing going on here. I'm just actually, Jakey, can you just go and check the kitchen, see if they're cooking? Yeah, you just Jake's about to head across to the uh, famed Littleton Bakery and get us some pastries. In the meantime, uh, we're going to chat strongman competitions. Oh, by the way, the text is out to Scribe. We're thinking of great Christchurch identities, and after yesterday hearing a, about uh, Scribe, not many, um, if any, if any, be Sean Kenny being the sailout song for the Kiwis in the Sail GP event, we actually found out who came up with that idea, and we can share that with you later on. We are trying to get Scribe on the show. So far, he hasn't replied, so <laughs> we'll keep working on that one. But that doesn't mean we can't have a little bit of music this morning, and I think let's kick it off and do something a little bit different. Let's do it after 7, the Friday tipple. Uh, well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday tipple. Uh, like, normally when I hear this, it's sort of... Knock off time. Knock off time and time to go and have breakfast. But we're doing it a little bit different today because our mate is up in Gizzy, old Daisy, and he's enjoying another day off, as he does, because he's had to go to a wedding. And it's me and Louie down here at the Sale GP, and we're going to rock it up this weekend because the boys are going to go out there and whip it up and give the Aussies an absolute hiding. You know what I'm like. Louis, oh, I'm going to yeah. call it. I wouldn't let you... Kiwis yeah. are going to win it. I'd actually get the word out to the Australian security not to let Tom Slingsby around, the, <laughs> the former league player, Tony Kemp. That's right. He's going straight over the rail. <laughs> Hope he can swim. <laughs> anyway, but is he not here today? I thought we could talk about a bit. This is a bit more. Last weekend, the oh. mighty Fijian... My, my adopted Fijian Drua took down the Crusaders and we had Issa Nasiwa on after the result. To reflect on what it meant for the team, the country... And the competition. Those are the games that make a competition. Those are the games that people want to watch and are damn entertaining, you know. So for, for the Fiji Kuroa team to actually do that in La Toka, at home, um, in front of those crowds, you just saw how much passion was, was about. And I think that's the best thing about those wins, you know. It's always, is it a one-off or can they go again? If they go again, it just sort of builds that massive momentum. But just a phenomenal day. And we've seen so many awesome games up in the islands as well. But, you know, that one in particular was just absolutely Special. Plus, it was against the Crusaders, so I've got to grin on my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bola. Oh. Bola. Is your patch still on? Can they do the blues, Louis? Oh, man. Getting some really strange and concerning feelings about this year. But anyway, we can tackle that in a wee bit. It's the Friday tipple. And of course, the second test between the Black Caps and Sri Lanka gets underway today at the former home of cricket. Basin Reserve, but we've barely <laughs> recovered from the first one at the home of cricket, Hagley Oval. Garth Galloway, oh, he's followed cricket his whole life. He's a very intelligent man when it comes to that beautiful sport. Gave his thoughts on that historic result. Well, I didn't have much sleep last night, just recovering. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a wonderful to see test cricket, you know, for those of us who love it, and plenty of, of younger people starting to see as well. You know, you'll see why many of us are in a slightly more traditional sense that it's the best version of the game. Only test cricket produced an outcome like that. And it did. 
Kempe being there live to see you Neil Wagner with torn hamstring and a bulging disc in his back dive. What a heroic performance while Kane Williamson also puts in a dive at the other end. It was just, yeah, you kind of dream about seeing those moments. In Un- unnoticed, it goes unnoticed. And, and yeah, I've got lots of respect for uh, Mr. Wagner going out there and throwing his body around like that. So he's going to be around for a long time, as we heard. Uh, we also caught up with world champion woodchopper Jack Jordan. He joined <laughs> us on the show to talk about his success at the Rural Games. And we asked him if he had any close calls. I suppose there's been the odd sketchy moment where you've been sort of pretty close, but I've never had before. Probably now, so I'm going not too bad, touch wood. But, um, <laughs> you, you, you're touching to, wood uh, your whole life. Well, someone's come through and said, well, if you can swing an axe, you surely you can hit a golf ball. You played any golf? Nah, nah. Well, maybe in a lot of cases that might be the case, but I definitely can't hit a golf ball. I'm hopeless at it. <laughs> I think Jack was downplaying his sporting prowess by the sounds. 100%. Got a call from the CEO of Taranaki Rugby Union and saying that uh, Jack Jordan was actually a decent rugby player. So, uh, you, you know, when you think about it, Louis, throwing an axe around like that, you got a good hand-eye coordination. Of course he was a decent sportsman. Good, it was good to ch- catch up with Jack and talk wood chopping. It's always good to keep it real. Oh, you don't get... It's not, not much more real than wood chopping. Lumberjacks as well. Uh, oh, how about this as a bloke that keeps it real? Our good mate, Baz McCullum. Is he yesterday... Uh, was very excited to catch up with his his old pal Baz, and he welcomed him with an, a nice wee um, a nice wee introduction. Then we posed the question of the day to him. Baz McCullum used to love the early alarms, and well, promised me the world, but uh, ditched me while <laughs> a better offer was opportunity to fruition. But that's okay. I still love him. How you doing, Baz? <laughs> Good morning. What a lovely <laughs> intro. I think. Kempi's got a bit of a dilemma at home. His daughter's called Izzy, and he kept yelling at the TV when Pung was racing, go Izzy, go Izzy, and his daughter came out and said, I thought you were talking to me. So we're trying to come up with a, <laughs> with a new nickname for myself. What do you got, Baz? You've got plenty. Uh, I've got plenty, but none which can actually be said on air, I reckon, <laughs> eh? like, Not without sort of incriminating uh, Izzy in it. Let's try and get that off of me. It's kind of like um, ninety <laughs> percent of guests that come on. I try not to accommodate them. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I like what Mark's come up with this morning. We'll call him Daisy all day today because he's not here, and I can do that anyway. Our toast of the week, though, all week a certain someone has been pretty persistent on trying to get a pair of the all new ZG twenty three golf shoes from Adidas. Yesterday he came on and gave us honestly. The all-time quizzy dag moments for me. If you get this right, I'll give you the shoes. Who is the driver of New Zealand Sale GP? I can't even Google. I've got no idea. <laughs> you shoot sailing. A name sailing. that comes to your mind. Team New Zealand. Scott Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I had so many guys, I had so many guys texting me saying that was the funniest moment on radio that I ever heard. Scott Dixon, he does Come not, on. he does not sail a GP. <laughs> he does not Sorry, sail, sail a GP. No, sail GP. I think he drives a car, Mark. Okay, that was honestly, Louis, one of the most famous moments on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast. What a moment! We really appreciate Mark's text and all support. So we finally decided to keep him and uh, give him those ZG23s. How good. We're still giving plenty of those away. Um, This is what he had to say. Marky Mark, 
Today is your lucky day, my friend. A pair of brand new Editor ZG23 golf shoes are coming your way. There you go, my friend. It's taken a few days, a few weeks, but today is your day. <laughs> Yeah, cheers, boys. And uh, also thanks to Eddie Day. Hey, no one's thanked Eddie Day. Yeah. I really appreciate it, boys. Thanks, mate. Hey. Oh, Mark. What a, that was cool. It was a great moment. Um, that was the Friday tip a little bit earlier than usual, but that's because the next hour we're going to be stacked up with Sale GP guests extravaganza. We'll have Peter Burling, the driver, the CEO of the team. We'll have Carl Budge, the head of the event here. Uh, we've got so much more coming up, Kempi, including after this, we're going to talk strong man competitions because apparently there's one happening here in Christchurch this weekend. Hex Kingy has been doing it for a long time. He's in the Masters group, and you ran into him yesterday. We're going to find out how strong he actually is and what it's all about. We're all about Christchurch this weekend, 12.60 a.m. If you're listening in the O3 region, it's great to have you aboard in Ōtatahi. We're here for Sail GP. First lights come. And it's looking beautiful. A little bit stormy, but it'll burn off. Don't you worry about that. Here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance, talking strongest man competitions after this. <laughs> 20, uh, 22 minutes after 7 o'clock. Plenty of laughs down here in Littleton. Is, I tell you what, this big cloud is starting to move on, and the Littleton Harbour is looking gorgeous for sale, GP. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, but it's Kempi and Louie here this morning. And Izzy's text, sent you a text, Kempi. <laughs> Talking about a big cloud, a big, a big cloud up there in Gizzy. Daisy's just texted, he's awake. Daisy is awake. What have I missed? He's gone. I've just woken up to plenty of texts about my nickname, Daisy. That's right, it is. Mate, well, they're still coming. They're still coming for you. And I've got to say, it is like, I know it's your wife's name. I know you're listening, and I, I love your wife. She's lovely, Daisy. Um, and I've got to say, that's probably the best I've heard so far today, Daisy. I don't know if we could get away with it, Kempi. <laughs> At least we know that we couldn't get away with it with this man because he would squash us. We're here in Christchurch. It's a massive weekend for our Christchurch sport. We've got the Sail GP event on, but we also have the New Zealand Strongman Series in town, and you were doing a little bit of networking down at the uh, o- the Riverside Terrace there the OG. Y- yesterday, and who did you come across? I came across Hex Kingy, and uh, the strongest man in New Zealand. I'll tell you what, he makes me look like a toothpick. He is a giant of a man, and he's on the line with us now. Good morning, Hex. How are you, brother? Oh, morning, uh, brother. Oh, more good, brother. Morning, morning. Hey, Hicks, thanks for joining Lizzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. You're down here, mate. Uh, you told me yesterday that you'd obviously towed up everyone up in the North Island. You thought down, you'd come down here and cash in with the Southern, uh, the southern title as well. Just take us through it. What are you, what are you down here for? Oh, it's for the um, South Island Log and Deadlift Champs. Um, yeah, it's the Max Log Lift over your head and Max Deadlift um competition this Saturday, so you're really looking forward to it. Hex, I don't know much about this, and I wonder if there's a few of our listeners that are in the same boat, because I remember back in the day, all those strongman competitions on ESPN, and, and you know, you'd see all those guys towing trucks and stuff. Is it anything like that, yeah. or is it, is it a bit different? This one's a bit different. This is only uh, two events, um, and Throughout the Strongman series, there's a lot of different events in each comp that comes during the year. And this one's just uh, specifically for the log press over from the ground to over your head and just the deadlift at this event. But it's, yeah, it's still a pretty good event, this one. 
It's a, it's a, it's a tough exercise. There, it's basically a clean and press in it. So you're you're picking a weight up from the ground and and pushing it over your head and doing that a, a million times. Mate, how much weight is actually? What does that log weigh? Um, some uh, they usually weigh around ninety kgs, just the log itself. Wow. And um, I'm actually down here to try and set the masters record even higher. I currently hold the masters log record at 161 kgs. So we can. I'm trying to add another kg on. So each year I try and add a uh, one kg to that uh, record. But yeah, from the ground, there's a lot of technique involved in it. It's quite dangerous because uh, yeah, if you don't have good technique with that log, you it could um, you could drop it. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of technique involved in that log press. So, is it, you know, we've seen the clean and jerk and stuff at Olympics, and we kind of have a vague idea of weightlifting, but this log, do you have to completely extend your arms above your head, Hex? Yep, you completely extend your arms, and you've got to bring your head forward as well, so you can't be, like, looking up at the roof. You have to look straight ahead towards the judges before they put the hand signal down for you to drop the log. Before they um, confirm it as a good lift. So it's pretty scary. You're holding your breath and holding that amount of weight above your head and you're just waiting for the down signal from the ref. And it's, it feels, it's only like two seconds, but it feels like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Mate, you walked in, you walked in last night when, when we finally had a catch-up, Hicks, and I was like, wow, this guy, he is massive. You talked a little bit about going to the World Champs and the, the issues that you've had with COVID. Just take us through your journey over the last three years and are you actually heading to the Worlds at the end of the year? Um, I'm hoping to. So I need to do a few more comps this year and hopefully get an invite again this year for the um, World Champs over in... They usually have them in Florida. So, um, yeah, I'm aiming for that at the moment. So I've got to just do as many comps as possible and try and get a international comp in as well, which will help with the invite. And yeah, I'm just going all out this year. Just wanna got a nutritionist on board as well, Nicole, and she's from around Christchurch as well. So she's been looking after all my food. So I just want to come in real, real fit, fast, and a lot stronger this year with the better eating. Last year, oh my god, my my nutrition was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, just I, I tell you what, <laughs> I'd love to be a nutritionist. Jeez, we'd eat, we'd eat plenty, me and you together. Um, <laughs> hey, just but you've got you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, you've got The Rock, you know, you've got all these guys that uh, have made plenty of money out of turning strong man into a career in the movies. Jason Momoa's over here yeah. at the moment. You got any aspirations of one day just showing up on telly for us? Oh, that'll be awesome. Hopefully, I'm pulling to the Momoa. You'd be you'd be absolutely great. You'd be maybe like one of those monster movies. You just your broad shoulders is like this this massive scary thing. Hey Hex, um, I am curious because you, it's obviously you got to you know get around the country. You got to pay for a nutritionist. Obviously, there's finances involved. What what's your day job, mate? Like, what would somebody with arms as big as yours do for a living? Oh, I'm actually uh, living my dream job at the moment, looking after um, troubled youth, like uh, rangatira, um, little young youth that need help um, for Oranga Tamariki and that. So I look after a lot of troubled youth kids up in um, South Auckland. 
And yeah, really love this job because I'm helping turn these kids' life around just by um, leading them in the right direction. And you know, I take them to the gym, and that usually changes their mind straight away. And when they see all these people lifting heavy weights, and they're, they're fascinated by it. So a lot of them have come back from a real tough background, you know, upbringing and that. And then they come under my care, and they see that like I genuinely, genuinely care for them, and just want to, you know, lead them down the right path and show them that there's more to life than you know, what they used to do, which was you know, burglaries and all that stuff. So really love my job at the moment. Oh, man, that is so cool. And, and Hicks, we've actually got a segment on our show called More Than an Athlete where we talk to uh, sports people and athletes about what they do outside of their um, their chosen sports. So we're going to give you a call maybe next week or the week after. We'll figure out how this, this log lifting competition went this weekend and we'll talk more about your work outside of just lifting extremely heavy weights, if that's all right, mate, because that's really, really cool and we love that stuff. So all the best this weekend, and we'll catch up real soon. Thank you, brother. No probs. Awesome, but You go well. Thanks a lot for joining us, Hex. That's Hex Kingy joining Izzy and Kempi for breakfast this morning. Down here in Ototahi to win the strongman competition. I'll tell you what, we've just been watching it on YouTube, me and Izzy with 180 Ks pressing that over his head. If anyone, and we've got lots of people out there that have been in a gym, um, lift weights, you know how much... 180 k's lifting it from the ground to above your head this man is an absolute beast so all the best uh hex go and get him mate and i hope you go to the worlds because i think he can actually win a co- win a competition can be here we're just watching on his instagram now this is his world record attempt 161 kgs the log record so this thing looks like a log and he's got it and he's got his head down he's screaming he's looking at the judges that is quite incredible um he, he is, and actually, on when you look at it on YouTube, you can't actually un, really get a feeling for how big the man is. You know, I, I gave him a cuddle last night. You know, when, I, when we were, when we were chatting, I couldn't get my hand around him. That's how big he is. Seriously, <laughs> and he went to shake my hand. He was like my dad. He was like two hands. Oh, I got big hands shaking my hand. I'm like. Yeah, man, like you don't want to get in any trouble with this bloke. He's going to he'd tear you apart. Hey, we've got the best grinders on the uh, SailGP circuit. We've got the best power going around in the world as far as our sailors and our horsepower and uh, the cyclers, but maybe we could get Hex a job on a boat. Um, we might have to cut a couple of kgs <laughs> to, to fit, but he would be a serious weapon out on the water here at SailGP in Littleton. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Our choices for him pole coming right up. Oh, come on, yeah. Welcome back to the show. 26 minutes away from eight. Apparently, this is Ronan Keating. I've never heard this song in my life. Joe, Joe loves it. Look at Joe. He's getting down to that. It's Ke- one of his favourites. It's very bizarre, Joe. Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. <laughs> Kennard's.co.nz. I can think of 10 Ronan Keating songs. This isn't one. What are your headlines? Make it snappy. <laughs> very snappy. The, the drama around controversy seems to have gotten a bit of closure after he apologised for his behaviour 
on uh, ESPN. The Memphis Grizzlies guard will be suspended for eight games for his unacceptable conduct in a Colorado nightclub. Boys, and currently, Rail Batis and Man United are uh, t- drawn nil all at halftime. The host trail by three after the first leg. Those are your updates. Thanks to Ken Attire, making your job easy. Talk to someone who's taken the Ken Oath today. Thank you, Joe. Let's get to the Ken Attire phone line, speaking of, and catch up with our main man, Brenton. Where are you playing this weekend, Brenton, and how many Guinness cans are you having? Uh, I go down to Onifero, mate. I just always like to play down there, just outside of Auckland there. It's a nice little country course. Yeah, and is it can a hole with yeah. Guinness? Because that could get messy. <laughs> nah, it's not. It's actually, uh, I actually got married on uh, St. Patrick's Day, mate, 11 years ago. So, oh, so you're taking the wife. You're uh, playing golf with the wife this weekend. No, no, Kevin, don't be silly, mate. It's, it's me, me time. Uh, we, just, uh, we just go out for a nice lunch today, so we maybe if we can. Um, but, yeah, just, yeah, been 11 years of uh, fun, of bliss. I suppose. And then, yeah, What's yeah, what you're saying. Good. Yeah, well, yeah, I, no, no, no. She's lovely. She's like, she won't be listening, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says. But it always finds its way back there. Joe time. said that. Do you remember, Brenton? Joe said that. He yeah. mentioned his girlfriend's oh. weight on air. Oh, he yeah, didn't. Just so that you know. Oh, he didn't, did he? Joe's uh, sitting by himself Joe's, at the moment. Joe, that, the conversation when Joe was talking about um, his some girl coming to move in or something like that. <laughs> I was about a month or so ago. It was hilarious. I couldn't have laughed. Yeah, and <laughs> Brenton, we'll give you give you the give you the dollar ten tip about how it went. So just keep that in mind. Appreciate your call, mate. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Want to hear from Thanks, you throughout boys. the morning? Uh, let's get to our choices flooring poll. Speaking of, see your floor change in an instant with Room View. Now, Joe, do you want to do this? Yeah, are I'll. You wanna, I'll are do you in a fit state? Yes, I'm in a fit state. Uh, Louis, I'm going to the Blues vs Crusaders this weekend. Can't wait to see the Blues crush the Crusaders, which got me thinking. Yeah, come on, Joe, me and you together. <laughs> Let's go. Let's <laughs> see, come back. I'm ganged up on. <laughs> which, which got me thinking, which team is most unlikely to repeat as champions this year? Crusaders. Is it, <laughs> is it the Crusaders? Is it the Penrith Panthers? Is it maybe Australian Sale GP team? South Africa at the Rugby World Cup? Or the mighty Otago Nuggets? You can find that on the SENZ app, boys. Right, well, first instinct. Clearly it's not the Otago Nuggets because they're going to go back-to-back. Um, most unlikely team to win be repeat champions. It's got to be the Australian Sail GP team because there's no way they're beating the Kiwis. No way in the world they're beating the Kiwis, but no way in the world they're going to take the thunder off me either because the Blues are going to knock the Crusaders off and they're going to get that 7 peak shoved right back up to the right place where it should be this weekend in Auckland. Hey, Robbie, I know you're laughing there. I know you're a mad blue supporter. You're wearing your Auckland jersey yesterday. What do you reckon? Well, I, I, I wish I was going, but I'm actually going to be at a concert, so I'm going to be here, you know, having the live score updates on my phone next to me. Um, but, yeah, I'd definitely be there if I could. I, th- I think the Blues have got it. <laughs> All righty. Go to, the, go to the SCNZ app and have your choice. Which team is most like, unlikely to repeat as champions this year? The Panthers, the Satyrs, the Aussies and the Sale GP. That's the answer. The South Africans at the Rugby World Cup or those Otago Nuggets. After this, Tony Pike joins the show because he's got an unbelievable team to unleash this weekend at Trentham and across all of the racetracks. Back in a sec. Right, we are 17 minutes away from 8am this morning. It's all action stations here at Sale GP in Littleton. It's dawning a beautiful morning as well, actually. It's nice and calm out there. 
and well, he's always calm. He's as cool as a cucumber, Mr. Pike. Tony Pike joins us on the line ahead of a massive weekend of racing. And Pikey, you've got the a nice team heading to Trentham tomorrow for Oaks Day. Have you been targeting this day for a while now? Uh, yeah, look, obviously, um, you know, uh, not guilty and Zelda's old day. This is the sort of grand final for this preparation. And, um, yeah, a few nice other younger horses um, turning up tomorrow. So it should be an interesting day. Right, that's good to know straight away about Not Guilty and, and Valdezoldo. Well, Valdezoldo is an obvious one, but Not Guilty, a little bit of specking already, mate. Let's start with the feature, though, the uh, Albasti Equiwheel Dubai New Zealand Oaks. It's a, a fantastic race. It's not a race that's easy to win. What's the key to getting these three-year-old fillies here at this time of the year? And um, do you ever really know if they're going to get the 2400? Well, it's always a bit of a query. Um, the odd one you do know, um, we went up to Morden Sacred a few years ago and she was a real out and out staying there. Um, but uh, obviously, the 2400 really does test these three year old fillies. And yeah, look, you probably don't know with a lot of them whether they're going to run out of strong 2400, but um, we're pretty happy with where we are with Val well, Desoldo. She's obviously a good winner at 2100 in the Lowland. And um, yeah, at this stage, we're, we're pretty confident she'll run the trip out. What did you make of that run? Because they just couldn't get to her in the end. Um, did you take more confidence for it, or were there some runs in behind her that you thought, oh, they're going to come back even stronger over the 24? Yeah, there's a couple of nice runs in behind, um, to be fair. You know, here in Contagious, probably got a reasonably soft time up front and um, probably deserved to run the Quinella, but um, you know, a couple of them made up nice ground late, but uh, probably nothing you know, too striking in the field. So, um, you know, she's a versatile police. She can take up a handy position if we need to, or... Um, otherwise, we can just ride her back in a bit colder if there's good tempo. So, um, yeah, look, she's pretty versatile. And obviously coming right at the right time is a, is a big advantage. And a nice race you got too, not guilty. Uh, gets a good draw and a good weight, 53. It's carrying, Tony. You, you, uh, you're confident that you can get the job done in that race? I know Al Sherrick's got Seamus in there, which is a bit of quality. What are you thinking? Yeah, look, um, a little bit surprised Seamus turned up, obviously. Um, you know, I thought he might have headed somewhere else. He's got to carry a big weight, but... He's definitely the class horse in the field, so she needs the one to beat. But it's a race we targeted to get her in off the minimum. Uh, but the 53 kilos, she's in great form, obviously. And she's only had the one start down the straight at uh, Trentham. And uh, look, we were a little bit disappointed she didn't win that day. She ran second to a horse, but I wish I win. So um, as it turned out, that form's pretty good. So um, she handles the straight well, and I think she's a great chance from gate one. Sticker always says it, and I'm a big believer of it. When these mares get in form, they seem to hold it. She has just been sensational, this preparation, Pikey. Like what's, for, for us uh, sports punters out there, what is it about Amir when they get in form? What are the signs you see that, and, and what are the little things they do that just mean that they race well? Uh, they just uh, full of confidence, basically. Um, you know, once horses start winning, uh, they generally um, you know, get a little bit of confidence about them and, and sort of carry on with it. Uh, you know, probably like a, a rugby team. You've had a couple of big wins up your sleeves, yeah you're pretty confident when you walk out to the field uh, for your next game. So I think confidence is a big part with it. And she's just a mare that, um, you know, she's probably only just starting to mature now. So um, she's uh, probably got another couple of good racing seasons in her and she should get to a nice level um, over the next year or two. Hey, confidence is an interesting one around the Levin Classic because outside of the Intimidator, it seems wide open. You get the best, well, one of the best riders in the country, Michael McNabb, another good draw, and Matter of Honour is a horse you've had a bit of time for, Tony. How how much confidence can you have coming into this race? And is 16 and $4.80 worth of just a wee small each way spec, do you think, in a, in a wide-open Group 1? 
Yeah, it's a wide open race. Um, yeah, he's a quality three-year-old. He proved that last preparation. Just probably the race went against him last start. We put a lot of speed on paper and from a wide gate, we just wanted to maybe run him a bit quieter than his usual racing pattern. And uh, the speed went right out of the race and now Freston missed the kick. So uh, it was a bit of an upside-down race for him, but uh, he's improved a lot for that run under his belt. He'll roll forward um, for the reasonable barrier and uh, I think you'll see a much improved performance on Saturday. Mate, you got a little bit of support too. Race one in the uh, Netflix payroll premier, Lanakai, drawn uh, in the three lane with Michael McNabb on carrying 57. It's got a bit of support there at six bucks. What are you thinking with that one? Is uh, is it worth a bet? Yeah, it's going to be a really nice horse going forward. Um, there'll be big scope people spikes and dark. He showed us plenty of track work and his trials. He's still going to um, but He's good enough to win on debut, but he is going to do a lot wrong. Um, but he's definitely a horse to follow as he progresses through into his three-year-old season. I think he's a pretty quality galloper. Okay. Well, we're keeping our eyes wide open. There's a bit of bully in this race, actually, for Great Escape down there for Royd. And uh, Glitzy Glory, not surprising, has taken um, backing from Mark Walker's barn. So this is going to be a great two-year-old race. Um, it's always good to see the late two-year-olds turning up. Pikey, what's the one? What's the one we could have a bet on with a bit of confidence each way or... Um, we go to Trentham, or we go one or two in at Tauranga from memory. What's the one this weekend that we can have a, a gold coin at and feel pretty good about? Uh, I just want to keep an eye on the, on the weather over the next 24 hours. Um, if the Trentham track's reasonable, I do think not guilty to a big chance of winning the lightning. Outstanding, mate. Appreciate it. Hey, actually, Pikey, before we let you go, I know you're a racing fan. Animo, drawn barrier wide into George, George Ryder. Levante's going over to have a crack. Um... Is Animo just as is Animo a champion yet, in your opinion, Tony? Is he is he getting to that oh, status? And do you just expect him to turn up to these races and just go around and win, or or is there a chance for an Artorius or something rough like Levante to, to upset him? Uh, look, I think it's, you know, it's up to James. I think he's got a bit of work to do from down eleven, but if he gives him any sort of run, I think he's just too good for him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Gee, don't muck around, do you? That's Tony Pike. Thank you, Pikey. Have a good weekend. <laughs> All right, cheers, Lou. He's very good. Very good. He's a former president for a reason, to the point. Oh, and you follow. You look, he's uh, he's given out some really good bully on that. Um, well, mate, he likes not guilty in the race that Seamus is carrying 60 kilos. Uh, Al Sharrick, I spoke to him yesterday. He likes Seamus. He thinks that if he gets the run, the right run, he can still do the job down there. He's all class. So uh, if it was me listening to both of them, and we've had a chat to both of them, I think that's a dead set Quinella, not you, guilty into Seamus. You just don't want the track to get too heavy. Here's the thing. If the track gets heavy, if you're watching the weather and the track gets heavy, you'll be backing Seamus. He loves the heavy track. But if it stays good, not guilty with 53 kg, she might just be a bit zippy for him. I mean, yeah. he's got to carry a lot of weight, but you do have to respect the shake Sharrock. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, he's got another runner down there tomorrow, and if the rain stays away from Wellington, uh, I'd be having an each way on Waisaki. Ah, yeah, in the St. Ledger. Very good point, Kimpy. Good spotting. Mark says, I think I found one for a gold coin in the All-Star Mile. Alan Queer, Mike Moroni's got another import with a great fresh-up record. Yes, they paid a lot of money for that as well. Uh, Mark, good spotting. And there was another text here. Louie and Kimpy playing out of Otaki. Busy weekend, no golf this week, sadly, but the trials here on Tuesday. Otaki, great spot, great part of the world. Um, no doubt you'll be having a, an each-way bet on something this weekend. I know that Otaki trainers 
John Benner and Holly Winyard, they've got a couple of chances, including Flamenco in the Oaks, drawn hideously wide, but she's bred to stay. She will get the trip, Tavistock, out of Flawless. So $26 and $6. If you wanted something rough, keep Flamenco in your numbers. You're getting a big price because of the draw, but she will stay all day, Kimby. So top four. Have, yep, top four. Have a little look-see at that. You might find yourself $4.50 top four. <laughs> Righty, we got to go. I need to go log into my TAB account. Back soon to wrap up there. <laughs> I don't want they tell us No matter what they do No matter what they teach us What we believe is true No matter what they Oh, how good. What's yes. this, Kimpy? Boyzone. This <laughs> is the famous karaoke song. We'll find our own way back. It's a great song. And yes, we're talking everything Irish this morning because it's St. Paddy's Day. And we're at the Sale GP down here at Autotahi Christchurch. Myself and Louie and Daisy is up in Gisborne. Sorry, Izzy is up in Gisborne with Daisy. And thank you, Mark, for sending through that new nickname that we have for our mate, the Dagger, Dagger Bill. So your dag. Oh, he's, he's not a gelding either. When, when Baz said, so your dag yesterday, and as he said, I'm not, I'm not a gelding, I just went, that was so appropriate. So your dag. Pretty. So good. Pretty classic, isn't it? We've got some great texts here from uh, where you're playing golf around the, the traps this weekend. Uh, player for 14 in the Naki at Te Nutu. Te Aomutu. Oh. Uh, was it uh, play the two, yes, two not two down South Taranaki? Hawara. Yep. And play with my boys who are 12th and 10, concerning that I have lost the stick in nine holes last weekend in the last, so I have to play 18 and get that smack talk up. Very good, Mark. Appreciate that. You can't let your, your kids beat you. And we've got plenty of people texting that want to get this, this double pass to the SailGP event this weekend. That noise you hear in the background is not the SailGP boats foiling. It's um, just some vacuum cleaners because they get it all spick and span. The media conference is coming up at 9 o'clock. Carl Budge is after 8, Kimpy. Can't wait. I can't wait to talk to Budgie because he's done a fantastic job. I want to congratulate him. And also we've got the main man. Pete Burling. Coming I was up. going to say Scotty Dixon. But <laughs> 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 we got Pete Burling coming up. Very good. Uh, Carl Budge, Pete Burling, plenty to come in the last hour. We'll get you up to date with all the latest sport. We'll get to our choices for and poll result as well. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Hey, welcome back into SCNZ Breakfast. We're four minutes past eight o'clock this morning, live from Littleton. Gee, it's got a ring to it, and hopefully Sir Russell Coots is listening and he doesn't try and uh, take this event away ever, because Littleton Kempe is looking an absolute picture this morning for the inaugural Sale GP event. We're down here for one more hour. We're going to talk to Carl Budge in just a second, then we're going to talk to Pete Burling later on in the hour. Uh, gee, there's a lot of sport coming up this weekend, but nothing more exciting than this, Kempe. I'll tell you what, I feel absolutely privileged to be sitting here, Louis, um, for this GP, sale GP racing uh, extravaganza, I'm going to call it, because, man, the setup down here, if you are in Otatahi Christchurch, get down here to Littleton and come and watch this. It is Ferraris on the water. The setup, Mr. Budge, Carl Budge, 
<laughs> take a bow, seriously. To bring this to New Zealand from all around the world, we rattled off all those names yes. where this uh, sale GP goes to, and we're hidden Otatahi Christchurch at Littleton with all of the champions from around the world. I walked around the streets yesterday, Louis, and the amount of uh, different languages out there on the streets of Otatahi was absolutely amazing. They bought the, they bought the crowd here too. I'll tell you what, it's going to be packed. We've got your text, Emma. Remember, if you want to win a double pass, only come if you've got a, you've got tickets because there's that many people that are coming here. There's only room for a certain number of you. If you want a double pass, text double eight double three right now with your name, who you want to take. You probably want to be in the 1260 AM Christchurch region of SCNZ and uh, come right through, double eight double three. Who are you going to take tomorrow? We've got a double pass to the grandstand. A grandstand that, rumour has it, Carl Budge built himself. He's the hardest working man in events. And he's on the line with us now. G'day, KB. How are you going? Yeah, good. Aside from the calluses on the hands from the grandstand, I'm pretty good, Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I just want to say, Carl, I'm, I'm so impressed. I came down yesterday. I could feel it in the air. You know, like, I've been in so many sporting events um, in my lifetime, played in plenty of them. But this one, it seems to be something special. And showing up this morning, you have to be impressed yourself that this is brought to Littleton and it's, and it's going to be an absolute spectacle. Yeah, cheers, Kempi. It's been awesome, mate. It, uh, the setup, I feel, has come a, come a long way. It's in a pretty good shape now. The the experience of fans on site is going to be amazing, and mate, it's just been rewarding. We've had we've had such a, a, an awesome response from the Christchurch community and the Littleton community in particular, and to to feel like you're able to to pay them back a little bit over the next couple of days is um, is pretty rewarding here. It's a really good point, Carl, and we can talk the sport of the sailing with Pete Burling a, a little bit later, but. You're a man who's worked in events and, well, I guess marketing for, well, sports marketing for a long time now. And you understand that you don't just wake up and pull these events off. There's probably a whole lot behind the scenes that we can't really get stuck into the weeds of now. But if you had to summarise about when you first got your hands on this job to where you've come to now and the amount of hoops you've jumped through, conversations you've had, local governments you've worked with, is it quite amazing from to think about from conception to this morning? Well, it, it's incredible. And, you know, Russell sort of, I met Russell for a coffee two and a half years ago now, not really with any intention. Um, and he sort of explained to me what he was doing with GP and the vision for it. And uh, I, I've always sort of had the view, um, my, my former bosses would probably say this, to be fair, but I've always sort of had the view, I don't report to them, I report to the fans. You know, my, my responsibility is always to the fans and making sure you know, what's right by them. Well, it always ends up being right for everybody else. It'll be good for the the owner. It'll be good for the sponsors. It'll be good for the broadcasters. So, uh, when Russell sort of communicated that vision to me, yeah, you know, I, I was pretty hooked pretty quickly. And then to sit back, you know, to, to your point, fellas, I've, I've been lucky enough to run sporting events all around the globe, and um, it has been a breeze with these guys. Uh, you know, we, we've we've really felt how valued we we are at SLGP coming to Christchurch. So the, the team at Christchurch NZ have been unbelievable. Um, yeah, we've, we've had support right the way through from New Zealand major events. It, we, we've just been blessed, and uh, yeah, when when you get the sold out signs out in 24 hours, and you know, you, mm. you, you get a naming rights partner like ITM in, in such a short space of time, it's you know all those of the cards have fallen in the right way. Um, and so, yeah, for for me this weekend, it's really about them and saying uh, putting on the best show, so we can we can sort of say thank you to some people that very much deserve it. Hey, Budgie, just want to say thank you too to Rod and Gunn last night for the invite and kicking off uh, in such a spectacular way last night. But talking about the fans, and uh, I heard 
that you they've already started filming the next the Netflix uh, sort of Drive to Survive version of GP Sailing. Do we get to see you on that? <laughs> I, don't know, I haven't been filmed for that one, I don't think yet. I, I'm, I'm not sure I've got the personality of uh, of some of those F1 team principals to pull that off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's cool seeing some of the behind the scenes. I, yeah, there, there's there's a lot. Yeah, having been around these guys now. For, for the last couple of years, yeah, you know, I, I can't believe what great blokes guys like Jimmy Spittle are, and that you know you always sort of know that Pete Blair and the, the Kiwis are, are all pretty good down to earth, you know, guys. But uh, you know, I've been amazed by the likes of a Jimmy Spittle. What a ripper bloke he is! Um, you, you sort of get painted in a different light uh, in New Zealand at times with the uh, with the rivalry we've had with him. But mate, it's, it's it's a good a group of good people, and uh, I'm I'm pretty keen to see some of those personalities shine because they're incredible athletes and they deserve to be up there with um, with some of the world's best as well. There was a really good, and you actually had a photo in the uh, paper this morning, Carl, that I've seen. Um, so, you know, you're looking good, by the way. Looking sharp, well-dressed, as always. Um, there's a, there's a good article. black and white. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't say the same about your brother. Uh, there was a, oh, <laughs> come on, give you. I made you get into a careful keeping. That's <laughs> <laughs> collateral damage we didn't need. Um, now there, there was a good article. I'd give him a shout out, Duncan Johnson. He loves the sailing. He actually put up put in a, a lovely article this morning in Stuff, and he kind of talked about the evolution and the other things that SailGP are doing for. Um, women for youth sailors for not just the absolute elite and and obviously the America's Cup is what we've known and, and they like it because it means that the best sailors are foiling for 12 months of the year where they previously weren't so in the sporting landscape the whole sphere do you think SailGP has proven that it has a place and it will now continue to grow and and grow and grow and grow and, and it might start to compete against some of the more traditional sports in you know the next decade? Yeah, man, I, I absolutely think it can. It's um, it's the reason I joined. I've, I've been pretty transparent that I wasn't a big sailing fan. Um, you know, it, it, it was a sport that wasn't fan focused. It didn't sort of live to a lot of the values and morals that I wanted to sort of have as a as, as a sports administrator. And and this really is bucking that trend. You know, it, it, it is something that is purely fan focused. We don't want to go out into the middle of harbours where yes, there might be better wind conditions, but no one can get to it, or only a small section that are that are fortunate enough to own a boat can get to it. Uh, we want to bring this to people. We want this that, you know, and you'll see it over the weekend. There's going to be families down at Littleton that have made this weekend a really affordable weekend out. And, you know, that, that's important. If we want to become part of the psyche and, and, and you know, go into that uh, that major sporting eater that, um, you know, that, that some of our aspirations have, you know, you've, you've got to make that sort of stuff happen. And so, yeah, look, I, I think there's lots of great stuff that, that we're doing from a league perspective. I think the Women's Pathway Program's overdue and, and something that, um, to, to, to me, again, I'm, don't put me on a boat, I don't know what I'm talking about, but for, from the outside, it, there's no reason why we couldn't have an all-female team or literally have a complete neutrality on the boat where there's six males and six females. It doesn't appear that there's any natural advantage in sailing. So, yeah, I feel like we've got a, a bit of a call to arms that we must get that right. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it's nice coming to work knowing that there's a little bit more, you know, uh, it's a privilege to entertain people, but it's nice if we can help inform and, and, and improve at the same time. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Budgie, the, the Rebecca Daw- um, Dawsons and, and the likes that are coming through and giving all of those women the opportunity to see this, you know, I've, I've pulled through the tunnel this morning and couldn't really see the spectacle until the sun come up. Like, you look at these places that you take this around the world. San, San, you know, you're saying the big names, aren't you? Like San Francisco and all the European names. And right at the bottom, of the, all the, at the, bottom of the map is Littleton. And 
What has it been like when the French come and they drive through that tunnel and they look out here in Littleton Harbour and just see the spectacle? What has that feeling been like for them? Yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's been pretty unique. I'm, I'm not sure there's another venue in uh, in Sale GP that has the backdrop that we've got. I, I did love it uh, at the uh, Poffity on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, one of the elders from Naitahu said it's the it's the Riviera of Naitahu, and I thought that's not bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it is a, it's it's a beautiful world. Yeah, it, it came across pretty well. I thought. Uh, but hiring the house that we've been living in in, in Littleton, the, the sunrise is just spectacular. It is a stunning place, and I've, I've had a couple of people that have already said to me, man, this is the sort of place we want to live. And, you know, it, it, it's been really cool to see. It. It, it's really different. It's not the skyscrapers that we get in San Francisco, uh, but there's our own unique Kiwi beauty in it, and, yeah, it, I'm, I'm pretty proud to show that off to the world too. Well, it's, it's, like being in the, it's like being in the McKenzie country on water. Seriously, like it's like being in the middle of... Um, the South Island and amongst the hills, and all of a sudden we're in, got this big harbour to look at. Like, as far as uh, impact and and viewership, what are you expecting, Budgie? What are you expecting from this event? Um, apart from the weather, which it looks like it's going to show up, what are you expecting as far as an outcome media-wise? Yeah, it'll be pretty significant, guys. We're, we're expected to go out to well over 50 million people around the world over the, over this weekend. Wow. Um, with with our sort of social and um, and YouTube etc. That that that'll grow even further. Um, so yeah, it's certainly uh, going to um, hit a, a pretty big global audience. We we set a record. I think it was three events ago now, uh, four events ago now. Sorry, that uh, uh, for the most watched sailing event ever in the US, um, which which we're absolutely yeah thrilled to us, and we, we've gone on to break that each of the next three events. So um, yeah, it's a league that's getting global traction pretty quickly. Uh, locally here, for, for us, we're going to deliver somewhere about $27 million to the local community. Um, I think that'll actually grow from the initial projections, given... Well, how much are they giving back, Budgie? Uh, I think we get $1.5 from, uh, from, from Christchurch City Council, so it's, um, it's not a bad return on investment for, uh, um, yeah, for, for the outlay for the returns, a, a pretty good transaction, I would have thought. But, uh, yeah, it's been great to see, mate, 51% of tickets from outside of the Christchurch region. Uh, so we know there's there's plenty of inbound visitation, and, and my checkbook's been going a little bit crazy too. So we're a bit over on the event budget. So you're the man to hang out with yeah. this weekend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> after the last, after the last, go find uh, Carl Budge. He kind of looks like Dale Budge, but not quite. Might, uh, with a suit. Get in there early, boys. It might, uh, it might bounce by, the, by Sunday. <laughs> Okay, Budgie, appreciate your time, mate. We'll let you crack on with your day. You've got plenty to get through. Uh, head of the event, you've done a hell of a job. We'll see you down here in a bit. Cheers, fellas. Appreciate it. There you go. That's Carl Budge. And um, from one extremely well-dressed bloke to another... Rocking the rod and gun, too. Look at ca- that. Calling that him, up last night. They're calling Picked him it up last night. the best-dressed be- best bloke in sailing. <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> a title he's just recently taken off his brother, Blair Chuk. It's Jesse Chuk. G'day, mate. How you doing? G'day, mate. Fantastic. Best-dressed at the moment, because no one else is here. It's just us. Well, but <laughs> Kim, Kim and me, we get dressed to the dark. But so. I'll, I'll take it while I can. Gee, it's... um. You, you've come and joined us here. It's just the sun's just broken through. I'm glad that sun hasn't been going all morning because it is hot. What are you doing here? Yeah, so I follow this this event around. I feel like I get a pretty pretty good gig. And uh, oh, this one, get, how'd you get that? Just just fell into it, you know. <laughs> just fell into it. Like most things, I, I I do, I fall into them. But no, I've I've been involved since you know early on with the Sail GP, and just it's just going from strength to strength and. 
to go around the world and you see different setups and things. Honestly, looking out here right now at the, the grandstand, you know, there's going to be thousands here and just the, the VIP venue, how many boats are going to be on the water. This is honestly going to be the biggest event that we've seen in SailGP so far. You've got 15 million people worldwide, Budgies, just throwing that number at us. Um, what are you expecting here in New Zealand? Like the crowds in, in Christchurch yesterday walking around the streets are all here for the GP sale. What are you expecting as far as, are the crowd coming here to the unknown? Well, I think people are just coming from everywhere. The, the whole last three weeks leading into this event, it feels like everyone I talk to is either involved somehow or they're coming down, not just Christchurch locals, but people are flying in from Auckland, they're flying in from Wellington. Hamilton. You know, they're, Hamilton. Hamilton? They're coming from... Hamilton last night. People have come all the way from Hamilton. <laughs> they're coming from all over and... And where it's good here is that people know sailing, you know, it's, it's in our blood, it's in our DNA here in New Zealand. So people know this series, they've been, they've been watching it, they've been following it. But until you actually see it up close and you, you hear the boats, there's no, you don't need your binoculars, you don't need to be kind of watching the TV screen anymore. You can just sit in the grandstand and just enjoy it. Okay, two things before we get, you need to head off because you've got a very important job of uh, running the press conference today. So don't let any kind of investigative journalists ask anything dodgy, mate. You just need to take a real sturdy grip of it. Are you going to be there? I'm going to be. No, but I am. I'm going to be there in disguise. <laughs> I thought he said investigative. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there doing some. I'm actually, in all seriousness, I want your opinion here. Not your paid opinion, your opinion. No sailing today as a practice competition how tricky does that make it for the drivers and actually the sailors going into the event tomorrow where there's probably four teams fighting for two spots is that another factor which is pretty unfortunate for the sailors a hundred hundred percent like these boats are so technical like take away just this unique location for a start trying to work out how the wind comes off the hills and the currents in the harbour it's just got all these little intricacies to actually sail but then you've got the boat, you know. You don't just jump in the boat and, and go for a drive, you know. The, these things are so technical that you need to dial them in each event because every time the boats get packed down into containers, dismantled completely, and then, you know, rebuilt effectively on location. So there's so much on the technical side to yeah. make sure the boat's firing and working properly. Are the hydraulics going? Can you trust the hydraulics, you know, the electronics on the boat? Can the comms work to talk to each other? So when the teams go out there tomorrow... You know, they're going to be figuring these things out just before they go into racing. So I think actually learning how to sail on Littleton Harbour is going to be kind of, you do that in race one, and ahead of racing you'll just be making sure that your boat's working properly. And that's where there's a big advantage, I think, for the Kiwis yeah. getting out yesterday in that boat. Um, massive, massive advantage. Just yeah. to have that faith in the boat and that it's going. And they're home. And they know, the, they know the winds, and they obviously, you know, coming up and, Obviously, yourself up in Kirikiri and the, and the inlets and all that sort of stuff. You know how it's coming off the hills, the winds. You've got all that knowledge. Um, mate, just like for me, like I'm, I'm really surprised at how fantastic the sport looks. You know, this introduction to Sail GP for New Zealand, like I actually think personally that this is going to take over New Zealand. And, and is that the, like, do you guys actually sit down and say, actually, we want to be the bigger brand than the All Blacks? <laughs> Well, I think it's it's got it's got legs, you know. It's got that kind of feeling. It's it got has. that F one feeling to it because it's it's short, sharp racing. It's easy to follow and and just visually, it's really cool. You know, it's not like 
back in the day where you're looking out at just a, yeah, yeah. an ocean Pulling of, 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 of white sails and you can't <laughs> yeah. distinguish who's who. You know, you look out here and then you see the Aussies and they've got the stylized, you know, kangaroo on the on the wing sail and then you look at you know, other Kiwi boats. I'll go and fix that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't miss it, mate. Yeah. I pretty much see I've, it right I've now. I've already told the Aussies they need to get Slingsby a, a bodyguard while Kempe's around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm worried he's going to do. Yeah. He fires up, mate. Be Does careful he? out there. <laughs> Be careful yeah. out there. But, you know, this thing, it's just cool. You know, you just look out there and you just see these boats whizzing around. It's colourful. It's fast. And, so uh, good. And I love it, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, 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 that's right. You'd just be here. Well, you might not be dressed in rod and gun yeah. other than the junk. Gee, you look good. Uh, and then the other rumour going around is, Scribe, by the way, didn't answer our calls and texts, so we know he's not on the show today. So we've got the next best thing yourself. Is it the rumour true that you are the brainchild, the genius behind the Kiwi Sail GP sail-out tune being Scribe, not many, if any, North Canterbury? Yeah, I mean, you should know I'm not one to take credit. But it, but it was me, and I will take all the credit. Um, no, going, you know, that's a self-congratulator yeah, you know, of, of all time. You know, but, can you take the patch off? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. But no, it's like the great thing about that, they do flybys. You know, it's it's that pump up, and each team gets their theme song, and they whiz past the crowd, and everyone's going crazy. And and I just didn't feel like our song was really working, and I was like looking ahead to Christchurch. I want the people to listen to Scribe, not many, and when that that end of the song comes in and he's talking about Canterbury and then when he goes East Canterbury <laughs> I want all of Littleton that is so all good. to be up on their feet just doesn't matter you know I want all the 60 year olds with their binos around the necks just up there going <laughs> East Canterbury I'll tell you what would be better I'm going to give you his number after the show you call him and get him down here and get, get him, him, get him on the mic get him fly if, P money down as well yeah this will go from a great event to the absolute best event that <laughs> New Zealand's ever seen, if we can pull that off. The greatest of all time. Don't know how much in common Russell Coots and Scribe would have these days, but we'll see if we can we get him uh, on the phone at least and, and do a dial in. Uh, Jesse, great to see you. Thanks for coming down. Go and nail this press conference, mate. Better, better get to work. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. There you go. That's Jesse Chuk here at SailGP headquarters. The sun has come through this glorious building. I'm heating up. The place is heating up. Kempi's heating up. Paul Mawadi, well, he's always hot, and we're chatting to him after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. 28 minutes past 8 o'clock. Izzy is not here, but it's Louis and Kempi. And Izzy's text, can you ask Carl Budge if it will be back next year because I want to go badly, says Daggy. <laughs> well, rumours have it, Izzy, that it's going to be in Auckland. So we'll just have to keep following that one very closely. Maybe there'll be something to announce in the next wee while. Right now, it's Pip Morris, not Paul Mawadi. It's an absolute treat for a Friday. How are you going, Pip? Good, Louie. How are you this morning? Oh, so good. I've been, Kempi and me have been literally scrolling the TAB website since, what would you say, t- quarter to five? On Monday morning. <laughs> that quarter too. to five, Monday morning, we're scrolling always. You're not coming down to the GP sale event down here, Pip, are you, this weekend? No, it's a little bit far for me, Kempi. I'll just have to pick out all the action on the socials and stuff, I think. Okay, well, what do you, you can actually punt it, by the way. I do know that. The market's up at uh, tab.co.nz. But, Pip, you're probably looking towards something more like the Oaks or the All-Star Mile or the Golden Slipper, I'd be guessing, knowing you. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And I tell you, there has been, I was talking to Paul Mawadi, and it has been steadily raining in Trentham today. Uh, movers, I can tell you, in race eight, contagious, the most money to date, just as dramatic, highest bet count. And race six, Dusty Road is the best back. 
And then Distance Dramatics, $31s into $18. And I think that's with that rain that's around. Maddalino has plenty of support in the Levin Classic as well. And I'm not sure if this is all Kempe's money, but uh, Seamus certainly has lots of action on him in the Lightning as well. He doesn't mind the rain. So the more that comes down, the more he gets brought into it. Now, the Intimidator. I thought the Intimidator should have been moving in the market by now. I thought it's the clear top pick in this race, and then it's very even after that. Good draw, senior rider. Is there any money saying that? There's support for him, but he's not stacked in the race. Maybe that'll change on the day. Maybe punters are just waiting to see what the track conditions are like. Louis, I'm like, yeah, I thought he was fantastic last start. But no, he's just steadily taking a little bit of money, but nothing to really highlight that he's one of the best backed in that race. Interesting. I rushed and panicked and rung my bank manager, Kempi, to get money available <laughs> on Wednesday, thinking he'd be shorter than the Don't now. Don't forget you're buying a house. You bought a house. You got a mortgage to pay. Okay, so I didn't ring the. When I say I ring the bank manager, I rang Shannon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so there you go. You've outed me. Um, Pip, thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, no doubt you'll be enjoying. Well, whatever the rugby league. Tonight. Penrith plays tonight, don't they? No, they're yeah. on a bye. Oh, oh, that's the right. Thank God. And then, and, and they're it's, struggling. And it's <laughs> oh, go away. I say the Dolphins, uh, they're playing <laughs> And I better talk about the Crusaders. Paul's playing the Blues. Crusaders uh, looking for that. Uh, but it's, it's very, very even in the head-to-head market, I'll tell you that. So the fans are still out in support on both sides. So we could wish them both luck. The Blues and the Crusaders need a win. Yeah, well, we won't be wishing them both luck. Kempi won't be wishing the Crusaders luck, and there's no on, way Blues. I'm wishing the uh, Blues luck. Thank you, Pip, watching a bit live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Gamble responsibly. R18. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, Pete Burling before the end of the hour. is a blue shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no space to win in this town you're out of luck and the reason that you had to care the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere you thought you Take you out of this place Someone you could lend a hand in return Welcome back to the show this morning. We're 17 minutes past... No, we're not. We're 26 minutes away from 9 o'clock on the 17th of March. We're at Sale GP and my man here with the vacuum cleaner has been vacuuming the same spot of ground for two hours now. This is the cleanest event you'll find on the South Island this weekend, <laughs> without a word of a lie. We'll talk to Pete Burling in just a second. Remember, we've got another pair of the all-new ZG23 Ranger golf shoes from Adidas to give away. Who are you playing with this weekend? Where are you playing? Make sure you text us, double eight double three. Right now, Joe's got a couple of headlines thanks to Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Joe, what's going on? Well, boys, there's a cricket game today. Sri Lanka and the Black Caps are playing in the second test down at the Basin Reserve. Tim Salvey uh, caught up with media yesterday and said that he was surprised that Doug Bracewell hasn't been included in the side since 2016. Well, there's been um, Wags, myself, Trent, um, KJ in recent years, um, so it's been a tough side to sort of crack into, but Doug's always been there or thereabouts. Um, he's played a couple of 
limited overs games in that time um, and, and performed well at domestic level as well. So, um, yeah, he's, I think his, the way he bowls, um, just the consistent sort of areas that he, he, he bowls, the ability to bowl um, at different stages throughout the game and, and also his ability with the bat as well. Um, just, a, just an all-around solid cricketer, um, good fielder. Um, so, yeah, it's a place for him to get a, get a well-deserved call-up after, after a long time. Encouraging words from your captain and boys. Man United lead Real Betis 1-0 currently uh, with about a minute to go. And that one, that's your uh, sports headline. Thanks to Gal for your mission, popping to your local for some good value fuel. Visit gal.co.nz. And also time for a choice of Flory Poll results. Uh, the question was, which team is most unlikely to repeat as champions this year? Is it, was it the Penrith Panthers, Crusaders, Australian Sail GP team, South Africa at the Rugby World Cup, all the Otago Callous. Nuggets. Oh, Louis, it was a close one. I love one. this. No, a... I, I know the result. I've seen it and I love it. It's the Crusaders. It's the Crusaders. Yeah. Nobody thinks that they're going to repeat. Well, not nobody, but 36% of listeners don't think that he's going to repeat as champions this year. Now, that's amazing. That is, it fills me with joy because nothing is more dangerous. <laughs> Nothing is more dangerous than a wounded crusader. <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. Oh, look, I totally agree. Write them off at your own peril, exactly. New Zealand. Exactly. Come on, we got to weigh them down. You know, like they're sinking. Everyone, jump on top of them because <laughs> we know they're going to fight back from the death. The Crusaders, they are not going away. And let's hope that the Blues and RTS has another blind ahead. A good, good game last week up against the Premier number 12. Can he do it two weeks in a row? Hey, speaking of the Crusaders and Blues, Kemp, you'll love this text from Darren Scott in Christchurch who wants to go to GP this weekend and says that he would take Leon McDonald to GP to get him out of the Blues coaching box tomorrow night versus the Crusaders. <laughs> Maybe. What is he saying? Is he a smoky for the All Blacks job? Well, I guess he is what you would call a smoky. Right, we're going to shoot off because Pete Burling is not too far away. Listening to SENZ, we'll talk more sale GP after this. Raiding away from 9 o'clock this morning, Kempe, it's been a wonderful morning here in Littleton. The sun's come out. Gee, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Have a look, Louis. Have a look at the mist coming off the water out there up against the, uh, all I can say, Mackenzie Country Hills and the Banks Peninsula. The grandstand in the background, I, ca- I can't wait to come down tomorrow. It is going to be such a sight seeing all the Kiwis out here supporting Pete and Blair on the water. Mate, well done. Well done for bringing this here. I'm serious, Louis. I think this is going to be bigger than Ben Hur. Yeah. You're right. It's a it's an interesting, like, you, you probably wouldn't, no one would have thought of Littleton off the bat, but you're right. Like, the Banks Peninsula scenery, you, people would have walked up the Rapaki track before or around Godley Heads or whatever, and you, you know the view when you look over to Littleton. Well, right now, looking back up the other way, it really is gorgeous, and um, I, I think you're right. Like, we don't get enough foiling sailing at this level to become week in, week out fans until Sail GP came around, and now it's giving us a chance to actually hook into the sport and become, you know, week um, appointment viewing fans of it. I'm, I'm sold on it. I'm sold on it for the very first time that we had Blair on um, talking about Sail GP, went home, turned it on, what should pop up on Sky Channel, and I've been watching it ever since. I think it's a really exciting format. The three races, getting it done really quick. And uh, from a spectator's point of view, sitting right on the water and being able to watch all the boys do this out here uh, in Littleton, in our, in our small country, with all the other big boys out in San Francisco and so forth. Showcasing New Zealand and showcasing Christchurch, especially Littleton, um, is something special. And I seriously think that, you know, 
they are challenging New Zealand in the sporting sector as a premier sport. And I think you're going to see that after this weekend. People are going to open their eyes up and say, well, we've got this in our backyard. It's a really good point, Kimpy. Hey, we've had plenty of messages steaming in on double eight, double three. Remember, we're trying to give you a chance to win a double pass to the sailing tomorrow. Um, and Jared says, dig your tune wherever I go, she goes. Very cool. Go on the New Zealand team in Littleton. Jared in Christchurch. Uh, we've got heaps more texts here that we can clean out and get through in just a wee while. But right now we're going to catch up with the man of the hour. He's going to chuck on this headset. And he's been very good to join us. And he's always good with his time is Peter Burling. Hey, Pete. Good to see you, pal. G'day, mate. Going well? Yeah, good. Gee, you'll be busy this morning. you a million places at once. Yeah, well, we're um, actually slightly quieter than normal. We uh, obviously had a fair bit of wind go through last night, so... They decided not to not to sail today um, and just pack everything down a bit more secure just to make sure we didn't have any any issues. But, yeah, obviously plenty going on as well. How, do, how does that affect you, Pete, not having the, the practice session today? And uh, have you had a chance to get out there on the water and check the winds and you know, I'm making stuff up here, bouncing off the hills and so so to speak? Yeah, well, we actually got a, a really short session yesterday uh, just to get uh, out and shake down the boat, <laughs> check everything was working. Uh, obviously, we haven't sailed Amakura since it... Um, got hit by lightning yeah. in, in Singapore, so it's uh, you know, something everything seemed to be working pretty well, but uh, to be honest, uh, the forecast looks pretty different for tomorrow than, than what we sailed in, so I think everyone's going to be in the same boat, just getting used to those conditions and, and trying to make the most of it. Pete, I've got to ask, because like it seems like the biggest bit of feedback you get from the drivers and, and the sailors on these boats is we're still learning how to sail them, and gee whiz, the, the big pieces of machinery that react differently in different conditions. Losing a practice day going into the penultimate event where there's going to be probably four teams <laughs> running real hot trying to get those two spots, what dynamic does that add to the sporting side of it, and will there be a little bit of, well, hidden kind of hope tomorrow morning in the first race, or tomorrow um, afternoon? Yeah, I would say... Well, it's obviously incredibly important, but everyone's in exactly the same uh, boat, kind of, ex- excuse the pun, but, the, you know, <laughs> if someone obviously got a track practice day um, <clears throat> and a decent amount of training the, and uh, someone else didn't, then it's obviously, you know, a pretty good advantage. Um, so, yeah, probably the Spanish are a bit ahead on, on that, having had a pretty good session yesterday, but, no, it's, um, everyone's in exactly the same situation. Yeah, everyone's trying to make sure they, they can learn the configuration in the, in the hour and a half of build-up we have before the first race tomorrow, so it's, yeah... Just about how you, how you make the most of that time and getting yourself prepared for that, that first race. Pete, I've got to ask you, you know, like you've got the Aussies out in front. There's uh, three teams fighting it out for a position in the final. Do you think, like, being an being a ex-sportsman, the Aussies will play a tactical game here and try and keep someone out of the final? Or are they going to race to win? Uh, I, I personally think they'll race to win. Um, but, yeah, you have to wait and see. You have to... <laughs> to prepare for anything, Is to be that honest. part of your contingency? Should we ask Tom? Should we find out for you? <laughs> Should we go to the press conference and ask him? What do you reckon he'll say? Yeah, well, I don't think it'll be this event anyway, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think, yeah, everyone... It, it, it's quite weird how the points work in, in this kind of configuration. You're obviously, you're trying to make sure you get through that top three, but it's actually, like, each event is, is something you're trying to win as well. So, now I'm sure they'll uh, be going out for the win, just like, like everyone else out there. Um, you know, maybe it's closer to time and they're trying to secure their own spot. That, that something had happened, but, you know, I can't imagine them taking someone out for the, the hell of it. Yeah, fair enough. And th- like they're, they're sailing pretty well. They have been all year. But when you guys are on, pretty hard to beat. So how do you get that consistency? And in, in especially when you go event from event with different conditions and you've had the different boat to sail in Sydney and you've had your fair share of adversity. So is that consistency something that you can find with only two events to go? Yeah, well, you know, definitely for us, we've been trying to 
uh, push super hard to, to make gains in, in a lot of areas and you know with that you know takes uh, takes means you take a bit of risk and um you know also probably lose a bit of that consistency so yeah for us I think we've shown that we you know when we put it together we're, we're pretty hard to beat but you know it's really just finding that consistency across the events making sure we we don't have the the bad ones that the dips and um you know but to be honest we're just we're trying to build up to the final and make sure we're the best we can be for for San Francisco and you know that's kind of what we've always said this year is we're obviously trying to you know keep putting our best foot forward but you know continue to, to push super hard to make sure we're, we're as good as we can come San Francisco is there is there a bit of anxiety added anxiety uh, within the camp Pete and the team you know your home in front of your home crowd it's going to be packed here tomorrow the amount of people that have come down to watch other boys all sitting in there like you know a test match at home you, you actually feel like oh, I'm going running out there in front of my, my parents and all my family and is there that added pressure do you um, do you think coming into this one yeah, well, I think it's a more excitement for us. Uh, it's been something that, yeah, we've been waiting for this this event for for a very long time. Yeah, obviously we were all super excited to be racing in front of home fans uh, last year, and then, yeah, obviously due to COVID, it, it didn't quite happen. But now to see the the way that the Kiwis have got behind this event, and the way Christchurch has got behind it, and you know we're just super excited to get out there and you know looking at the forecast for the weekend, we couldn't ask for anything more. It looks like it's going to be absolutely amazing, and you know, we're just looking forward to to getting out there and, and showing uh, Littleton and. And New Zealand, what's LGP is all about? It's you. You mentioned it last night at Rod and Gun. It's amazing how many people have travelled. Like it shows that truly you have captured a bit of an Asia's attention here. And look, you'll be the first to admit this LGP crew have done a hell of a job promoting it. They've got the right people on board, and it really is picking up steam. So it's pretty cool to be a part of. Before we let you go, the question that he's he's self congratulated himself this morning on this show. It's the rumour's been swirling that Jesse Chuke is responsible for Scribe Not Many as the, the flyby song. Can you <laughs> confirm whether that was his, or is he self-congratulating and does he need to be pulled into line by um, the team hierarchy, aka yourself as the CEO? Um, yeah, well, to be honest, that does change a little bit, but yeah, obviously uh, the Scribe <laughs> song came out in Singapore, which seemed to work out pretty well for us, so um, maybe we'll just have to, have to keep that one. Well, it's a Canterbury icon, really. Not Jesse Scrub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely uh, definitely claiming a bit, bit there, but um, no, he's um, obviously pretty close to the team, so it's yeah, great to have him uh, have him so involved this weekend. Yeah, Pete, I've got to say, mate, the whole of New Zealand's watching this, and uh, you know, on behalf of everyone in New Zealand, all the best bringing this event down here and showcasing what I think is like, I've, I've been saying it since day one when we spoke to Blair, and he said, you know, this is how we go, and I went home and watched it. Ferrari on, on water, like, just want to congratulate you and the team for bringing it down here and showcasing it. We're looking forward to it tomorrow. I can't wait to, to watch it. And um, we hope you go out there and, and deliver, you know, and get in that final in San Francisco. That's going to be so good. No, nah, awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys almost got one of the best views in the house. So um, well, you'd be looking yeah, at pretty lucky for the uh, media centre, I reckon, to um, get such a, <laughs> such, a good, good. such a good view. Yeah, you might have to go... Um, get a boat somewhere and try to go for a sail today. It looks pretty, <laughs> looks, looks pretty good out there. That's Peter Verlick, driver of the New Zealand Sail GP team. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up the show after this.